Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another episode of the FC, FC, FSA, FSA pod. Tonight, we got Mark and Lindsay. We got the 3232. We got a bunch of scarves, a bunch of pins in the backyard, packing, getting ready to send off to you wonderful members. We talk a lot about 3252 membership. We go to France, to Canada, Women's World Cup talks. NWSL to LA is really what we want Mm -hmm. in this podcast world right now and for the foreseeable future. Josh and I are solo in it tonight. Slim isn't here. Josh, can you hit him with the warning? Oh, this is not really my lane, but uh, yeah, as always, um, there is some profanity on the pod. Surprisingly from Lindsay, or maybe not so surprisingly. (laughs) So that's coming your way. if you have any small children around you and you don't want to listen to it, Whoops. go into the other room and that's fine because that's what you're used to. Um, we miss you, Slim, for not giving this warning right now, but uh, this is a great episode for both Mark Lindsay and for uh, our host and for FCFC. And so we love you. We'll see you next time. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stay up with you next time. Let's go. Yeah, bitch. FCFC. <laughs> Welcome to FCFC Pod, where two scholars and zero dickheads look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. I am your host, Josh. Across from me is Dweezy. <laughs> there is no Sam today. That's why I'm I'm so happy. I'm so I'm smiling. <laughs> He's been holding us back, y'all. John Thick is in the house hosting today. It's gonna be awesome. JK Sam is just on a business trip today. He can't make it out, but um, he misses you dearly. But today, um, we thought it was fortuitous because we had two of our guests that we could not say no to. They're very, very difficult to get a hold of, and we finally got them. So two of the more, more integral members of the 3252 Council. Where my dogs at? <laughs> the dogs are out. The dogs are loose. Um, we have the director of marketing and communication, the Mark Rojas, Lindsay Ivins. Yeah. Also, the Love Boat couple of the North End, responsible for much, much of the... The sight sounds and membership of what makes their two fifty two so great. in the world. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. We're also we're also having a little pre TT, little Darjeeling action. Mm-hmm. Got that got that fresh first flush. If you guys know a thing or two about Darjeeling's, you gotta get that first flush early in the spring. I hope you guys are enjoying your tea with this 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 episode without Slim here ready to uh, cut in at any minute and make fun of me. I'm gonna take these moments to talk about my tea. No, I'm How, what a sultry voice he said that. In. I love it. I'm interested in this term flush. Like, uh, so Darjeeling has four flushes. There's the first, the second, the autumn, and then they do a winter flush depending on which estate. Now they're all called estates in Darjeeling because it was like originally part of like the English tea empire. Of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're still some of them even have like English names still like Castleton, which was like one of my favorite ones for a long time. But then there's other ones that are like Indian words, which I can't even pronounce and won't embarrass myself trying. Yes. But um, each of them have different focuses, foci. And like the, the first flush is like, you know, a lot of tea 
around the world will always be prized for the first flush because like the plants stay dormant during the winter. So like the best flavors according to most, and, like the most nutrients according to most, will be that first spring bud. So that bud's tea is most prized, even if they produce more throughout the year. That will always be like the only one that's first, right? So. Mm-hmm. First flush, Darjeeling's usually good. They're a little lighter, like the darker flush, the ones people mostly know for Darjeeling's, like the second flush or the autumn flush. This is the hard-hitting journalism that we're here for it on is. this podcast. I really want to just detour and talk about I feel like I can't things. actually afford to drink this No, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a tea of the so soul, probably. if you ever had, like, you know, a beverage... What can I put it? Like, if you're going to go down the rabbit hole of any beverage and you're going to drop the dough on anything, like, tea is definitely the most affordable one to do it with. Because even, like, the crazy teas, like, when I'm like, I'm going to go nuts, I'm going to buy, like, $50 worth of tea this month. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. Like, when I go buy, used to go buy bottles, like, <laughs> bottles on bottles, like, every Friday night after I got dark done dweez, with my yeah. dark, 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 dark dweez <laughs> marketing jobs, when the journalism world rejected me, I would, like... Been there. You know, right? I would I would go buy bottles and you'd spend like eighty bucks, like for like two days worth of liquor that you're drinking at home, and that's before you even go out to bars. Yeah. Well, but so yeah, in that respect, though, I think it's uh, either getting denied from journalism or working in journalism. You probably drink the <laughs> that's same true. amount. That's true. Uh, that's true. Very yeah, true. I think we stopped drinking when we quit journalism. <laughs> I think that was a correlation, actually. Well, I mean, <laughs> before before we get into the journalism, which I want to get into, obviously, I do want to talk what has become our tradition is first football memories uh, for for the both of you I'm not going to dictate who has to go first but one of you one of you can take it away uh, I'll start because I was talking with my dad uh, shout out pops uh, we were um, talking about the first football memories and uh, to be honest growing up I was it was I lived in mostly a uh, football American football household um, I grew up in San Diego so I was uh, I'm born and raised a uh, fan of lovable losers, the the Padres and the Chargers. Uh, they, uh, we had season tickets to the Chargers when t- tickets for season tickets and obstructed view in our section were less than like five hundred, six hundred dollars. So it was very reasonable to to get it. Um, and um, my whole family went. It was like we rolled deep, like twenty something people would go. Uh, but then. As the years went on, then they actually started getting good every so often, you know, um, the ticket prices went up. But, like, for example, I was there during the uh, Ryan Leaf era. I even had, like, a, a Ryan Leaf jersey and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I know what it's like to go through seasons of, of nothing. We, I think they went, like, 1-15 in 15 that year, that kind of stuff. I have a Jamarcus Russell jersey, so we're yeah. on the same page. And, and I, mean, I, would just, I would just like to point out that your shirt is very fitting for, like, San Diego and... <laughs> San Diego yes. sports colors. Oh, we got, we got a fish on there. You guys yeah, can't see this on the podcast, but it's like MC Escher style almost. Yeah, 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 He's yeah, got this, this beautiful yeah. shades of blue and white, and uh, always wearing shorts because growing up in Southern California, no need for pants really ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, football fan, and then uh, I didn't really get into soccer until um, the World Cup mm-hmm. came around, and uh, I was in college, or probably not college, but high school, and we started following the World Cup. My dad and I would um, we'd get we got a magazine that had a pullout poster and it had all the calendar oh. on it, right? And we started keeping track of all the scores. Um, since my uh, my heritage, I'm I'm uh, basically 75% Mexican, 25% Costa Rican. So we we had the excuse of following three teams: the U.S. team, the Mexican team, and the uh, the Costa Rican team, uh, the Ticos. Mm-hmm. And so we you know we filled in the calendar and the brackets and all that kind of stuff throughout the whole thing. And, uh, I re- remember going wild when like Landon Donovan scored uh, the goal late in the game t- and all that kind of stuff and running around the house. Mom didn't know what that was going <laughs> on, all this kind of stuff, but it, uh, she was excited too watching those. 
Um, and then from there, you know, started casually watching soccer. Didn't really plant myself or uh, hitch my wagon to any teams, really, because growing up in San Diego and supporting just the Chargers and the Padres, I was kind of had that mentality of growing, supporting your local and home teams, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just easy to say, oh, right, I'm going to... Not, not you're a Yankees fan, right? Yes. Because you have some Yankees. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The X. Oh, thank you for that heartbreak in 1998 because I was the I had tickets to Game Five of the World Series that year, but the, pot, the Padres got they swept nev- by. They the, never made it out. Yeah, Padres yeah. got swept Trevor by the Hoffman, Yankees. The legend, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I never hitched my wagon to any team because I didn't. I never had that mentality of you know following the greatness kind of thing it was more following what's near you what's important mm-hmm. and all and that kind of stuff. something that you have more of a connection to rather than just accolades and all that kind of stuff so um uh i guess um not until i was in college and um, we were following uh, my roommates um and i were all playing like soccer at like um, pickup soccer and then at um you know um just regular co-ed stuff and then um, I was studying journalism and so my, my roommates were also journalists on the, on the school newspapers and uh, my roommate Jerry he had this uh, the women's soccer beat and so we'd go see the Chico State women play all the time and Chico State uh, on the men's squad um, the best player to come out of that school is uh, Chris Wondolowski oh wow uh. so that's that's how I first got into MLS was because going to Chico State and hearing the legend of Chris Wondolowski and then seeing like oh he's not too far away from Chico yeah yeah uh, so we um, we had bought tickets to a Mexican national game that was being played at O.co and they included San Jose game tickets gotcha. they were like hey just come back some other time here's free tickets that kind of stuff and so the first MLS game I ever went to was a, a Quakes game when they were still playing at Santa Clara. Mm. Uh, yeah, we went because it was like, oh yeah, Chris Wondolowski's there, that kind of stuff. Right. And so, you really um, need a, for you, it sounds like it support your local is incredibly right. intense. Like you, It's not even like three degrees of separation. It's no, the it's, direct correlation. Yeah. <laughs> the, the World Cup is coming here to America right. or Chris Wondolowski goes to my school or yeah, now yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's the San Diego based yeah, team. Because like at least it has that, it feels a little more uh, you know, a part of you. I'm with there, you. Yeah, when you yeah. have that connection, like that deeper connection, um, and so that's how I got into MLS. And then I didn't really—I can't say that I became a super fan of them, but I did. That was my first experience into, um, or second experience into uh, supporter culture. Because first a little bit with the American Outlaws, but then second with the seeing the San Jose Ultras and what they were doing and that kind of stuff and the flags and mm. the banners and that kind of stuff. Um, Do you want to talk about your soccer experience? My, my first football memory is a lot more recent because I grew up in Arizona. Mm. And so it's fucking hot there. So outdoor sports are not exactly a thing too much. So other than watching my sister play soccer and then wondering if I could play soccer and then quickly finding out I can't play soccer. <laughs> um, my first foray into MLS or even the U.S. team was when I met Mark and then he took me to a Quakes game and he was wearing his Chico State hat and then Wando comes out from the tunnel and Mark's like pointing at his hat and Wando's (laughs) like yeah so that that was like really cool and then you know we went to the home opener for Avaya and then we saw the U.S. Women's National Team play against Ireland there 
and which was just funny because on Saturday they played Ireland. Full circle, huh? Yeah, it was. It was really was like a full circle. So my my memories are you know a lot more recent. But what was what was the game like to you when you were younger, like pre all of this? Like, were you ever like from a distance? even marginally interested did you think it was strange did you think it was like something not for you guys like your fam we just didn't have it Mm -hmm. like we were more into basketball and american football Uh um so i i played basketball in high school um but that was that was kind of you know basically it but yeah i mean you know soccer in particular was mostly just like oh my little sister playing soccer you know that that kind of set up so other than that it wasn't we didn't really follow there wasn't like like entrenched communities like encouraging soccer growth in Arizona yeah no not really there you know there is it big big, like American football country over there too like is there a lot of pretty big presence I know there's some powerhouses out there I mean I think it is definitely more so now like the Cardinals are definitely way bigger now than they were when I was little but um the, the, the rivalry. What's what's it called? The ASU. Oh, the duel in the desert with. That's with a U sexy name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, obviously, like any any football or sports related to um, ASU. Which actually, that that actually brings up a, another memory for me because yeah, when me. when I was going to ASU, so this is kind of off of what you were saying. I took you know photojournalism classes, uh-huh. and one of them was go cover a sport. So ASU was playing U of A in soccer. So I went out to be on the field to cover that game so that was really fun and it was the girls team oh, so, so it was I think not, that was my very first foray into like you know badass women you know playing on the pitch and yeah. it was it was really fun to see I got some really good photos out of that so that, awesome. that was probably my first so, so which foray. which town or city in Arizona is your hometown is it Phoenix no my hometown is in Queen Creek which is like a little shout out Queen Creek. Queen Creek. We know you listen out here. Really <laughs> which is like a, a little farm community. Um, like when when we moved there, like most of them were dirt roads. There wasn't like too many grocery stores yeah. around. What are you farming out there? Like cactus and stuff. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sick. Okay. Yes. Uh, corn, cotton. Uh, um, corn and cotton are the two biggest. Some cactus Things is that they're growing. sneaky expensive, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them can be. Okay. So, yeah. so the that's more you know, brand, everybody. Brand <laughs> Corn, cotton, cactus, everybody. Well, I, have, Greek, I mean, I have to ask, when I think when I think of Arizona now and this sport, it's like Phoenix Rising, right? Right. Yeah. Did you drop us last, last game ever, right? Yeah. Professional game? Yeah, is and like, I mean, there's like so many things I feel like to talk about that team. The biggest one recently has like been like Dollar Beer Night. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Like their Dollar Beer Night has become like this Ooh. seminal event. Oh my gosh. And, that and, sounds dangerous. And, <laughs> and it just like brings out like like everyone, and then they went on this like crazy winning streak there for a while. I'm not sure where that stands now. I don't follow. It's, I think I do think that. Still on it? I think. Well, I don't. Oh. I don't know. I don't follow them too closely, but I do know that Phoenix Rising has become a really big thing. Yeah. And I do think that if we had had a team like Phoenix Rising when I was growing up, I probably would have gotten into it a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there is more of a community out there for pro football or semi-pro yeah, yeah. and I think it's it's just growing and I think the more they have Phoenix Rising and if they ever become an MLS team it I think it'll really spark out there 
and her sisters made mention of uh, like they, their supporter groups are, are growing and they're mm-hmm. doing a lot of the similar things that, that are coming up and then it's a great pipeline uh, of players from LAFC to Phoenix and yep. that kind of stuff uh, yeah. more so than they're, they actually had the connection with OC <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was like a weird evolution I wonder why maybe just the organization organizationally they might just get along better maybe yeah. makes more sense yeah. I, well, I would imagine that the Phoenix Phoenix Rising as I've always understood it uh, was always I, I heard about the team being started because of Sh- Sean my brother Young Dweez who's actually the editor of the pod he used to work for one of the owners oh. his name's oh, Kevin cool. Kusatsu who mm-hmm. originally get, got rose up in the world because he was Diplo's first manager he still oh. manages Diplo isn't, isn't one that like gets speak in the music community isn't like Pete Wentz and Follow Boy like one of the Pete, owners Pete and Wentz kind of is Diplo mm-hmm. oh, okay right Pete no Wentz, no yeah. no, no. Yeah, Pete Wentz is Fallout Boy. Diplo is. Who's, who's got a different what's name? What's his last? His last, his last name's Wentz. Wesley. No, Wesley Pence. Pete oh, Wentz. Okay. Oh. Wesley Pence. It's like it's like a. Yeah, so his name's Wesley Pence. Oh. Diplo's real name. So oh. he's one of the owners as well. Of what is Wesley <laughs> Pence? What are those? Pete anagram, Wentz. Wesley Pence. Anagrams or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. similar. So, anyways, and I think they have like kind of that same idea of like a group ownership mentality where you have like a bunch of guys who like kind of all men and women. Who knows who all agree that, like, this is, like, going to be run the right way and they're trying to do it the right way. It seems like it to me mm-hmm. from the outside. And so maybe that's part of the reason, organizationally, they just thought that they were getting along better. I don't know much about the OC ownership in that club. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I think the Southwest is at a disadvantage when it comes to professional soccer, uh, at least in, in the current MLS uh, sphere, because uh, what we... Apart from Carson and Los Angeles, the next closest team is 500 miles away, mm-hmm. and then after that, Utah's in there at another 16 to 18 hour bus right. ride with with right. other supporters. Shout out to traveling supporters. Yeah, shout out to traveling supporters. I I anticipate in the next 10, 15, 20 years that you know hopefully um, everybody likes to call for. Corral or whatever, but you know, as long as there's some sort of teams established in San Diego and in um, in Phoenix and Sacramento and uh, you know in the New Mexico Pacific, even New Mexico even um, if they make it up the ranks, it'd be, it'd be great for uh, soccer out here. Right? Yeah. Vegas. I mean, if you fill in some of those mm-hmm. some of those things, it's not. Yeah, hopefully I don't. I haven't followed too closely on Vegas, but they play at Cashman Field. That's a, that's kind of like the New York um, NYCFC situation where it's because it's a baseball sure. stadium, that kind of thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily there yet for pure football, but um, that'll be great too. I, yeah, I keep yeah. I keep asking Rich when is the when's the uh, preseason game against FC Lights going to happen? Because that'd be a great uh, preseason match yeah. to go get out there, especially away. At Vegas, you know? I know a lot of guys are circling an imaginary date in their calendar <laughs> yeah. to, to make sure they're there for yeah. that. So yes, it's, we we are much looking forward to that, and I think um, it is exciting to see like um, you know the small uh, smaller market teams pop up. But I think the more exciting thing is like they all have such a unique culture to them. You know, while they are getting involved in supporter you know supporter culture, it really be, looks like it's Phoenix doing supporter culture or Las Vegas doing supporter culture. And even like a, the, the dollar beer nights that you said, like it takes on such a unique face of what the community well, looks like. Which well, is, I always thought like, uh, and I mean, whatever, I might be like late to the party here with like USL and lower divisions. Like I hadn't really ever gone to see one of those games until the Sacramento preseason game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, did you go? You went for that, right? To the Sacramento last no, year? No, I, I wasn't there. Were you guys there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah, yeah. And you remember like they had like, their whole like little setup on like kind of the corner of a fairground yeah. and like it's sort of like jankily done but they're yeah. still bringing out people and like yeah. people came to this preseason it game and like 
you know, they had something going on that... Golden Bridge something, I think... Uh, Tower even Bridge Tower Battalion. Bridge. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tower and, Bridge um, Battalion. And, you know, that, that... Northern California, and I've never been to Chico, but, like, just Northern California is such... A hotbed that there should be more teams there mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's one in is Reno. Mm-hmm. No, that's Nevada. That's yeah, Nevada. but right there close by, and it's it's it'll be interesting to see. But so you guys have sort of like now lived like all you you're up in Chico. What brought you back down to LA then, or what? Well, how did you wind I, up here? Well, growing up in San Diego, I always told her that I would like to live back in the south, southwest because uh, I lived out in Philadelphia for a while, but it was it snowed, and so I said, "Heck with that." <laughs> Uh, you were still wearing shorts yeah, and it snowed, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I had that experience of actually walking a mile to work in the snow, and I said, forget this kind yeah, of it stuff. Sucks. Never yeah, yeah, back, yeah. That kind of thing. I'd rather go to the place where you go visit the snow, not the snow right. visits you. And when you can leave the snow, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, and then, uh, so yeah, we, we were going out for a few years already in Chico, and I would said, you know, long term, I'd like to go back to the southwest. Um, and... I was working at Sierra Nevada, shout out Sierra Nevada, mm-hmm. um, um, at the time, and she picked up and said, we're going to we're gonna go down here, and she applied for lots of jobs and was able to get a great PR job down here in, uh, in Claremont, Claremont. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then so I, you know, I said, all right, let's do this, and so uh, she came down, I helped her move down at the beginning of the year, and then uh, as I finished up some stuff up there, uh, moved down like a month or two later, and then from there just started getting. Involved. And I was close to I think they had just announced LAFC as as a new um, thing because my first job when I got here was doing um, pages design for uh, LA Daily News mm-hmm. um, and those publications. Shout out to Ryan Wallerson, new LA Daily News took over Josh Gross's beat. Oh, cool. of, yeah, shout out Damian Calhoun, yeah, who's, out, who's also does some work there still mm-hmm. too. And uh, I think unfortunately they. They got. They made had a lot of retirements and that kind of stuff recently. So a lot of the people that I used to work on the sports desk are no longer working there. But um, uh, behind the scenes, look at it. The, they um, L.A. Daily News owns a lot of the other sister publications like um, the Press Telegram, Daily Breeze, Long Beach, Daily mm-hmm. Breeze, Torrance, mm-hmm. oh, okay. and that, that kind of stuff. So what happens is at this one hub, they design all the same sections. So let's say there's six sections, six pages in the sports section. Four of them will be the same, but then one or two will have local content for gotcha. like the high school yeah, paper high school. and that kind of stuff. So everything that's on on the day's paper of who plays today, the Dodgers and the Angels maybe, or that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So all that will be on the front page and then on the jumps. But then you know, page three or four will have local content for if Long Beach um, plays somebody else, and well, right. specifically in Long Beach papers, that kind of thing. So I got to see a lot of the different LA things and then I recall seeing so I'd like in fact I was one of the only soccer fans working at the paper so every time there was any extra space I would (laughs) intentionally put soccer stories in there like oh like there's a story on Ronaldo that we wouldn't really run but since we have space you know I'll throw it in there and fill it up with some more content the story story of of growth in American soccer is like a thousand behind the scenes people just putting putting like little (laughs) priorities on on soccer stories it starts and ends with Mark that's what that's what (laughs) the story there was such little real estate in the in the newspaper because right, right. Print, print is slowly decreasing and um, well the, the readership the people who actually still buy print publication is mm-hmm. you know older generation so they like their golf they like their uh, not you know not denouncing golf or anything like that but I'm saying like there's a different priority to the style of sports that they want right. to see in their newspaper um, 
so yeah it would be every so often when there's just a little extra room put put up a big roundup or something like that or put an extra long because you could you could um you could make stories shorter in the roundups because mm-hmm. um, the ap does a great job of putting together like long stories for all the games and then it was our jobs to cut them all down to make a small roundup but instead if i had more room i would just you know put, put a lot <laughs> so you so you literally found out about lafc because you were probably putting in a story yeah. about this new team that had started, yeah and right? then the first big event that we went to was the groundbreaking you remember um, you yeah. remember going out um and so I, that's my my favorite one of my favorite lafc memories is that i got to lay out the story in the la daily news that talked about the groundbreaking and that was like one of the first big you know uh, renderings of the stadium mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff and we went out to the um, to the press conference where Magic Johnson and whoever else was all there you know Will and Magic I think were in the yeah. two tractors yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were backhoes I don't know yeah. it might have like. been the first time I came across you over there because we were standing over in the press area mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah and I, I remember seeing all the supporters come up uh, um, I had emailed Fern I emailed a lot of them beforehand just to kind of get some background information so mm-hmm. I could add some supporting info into the into the package mm-hmm. uh, if necessary, where necessary. And um, Fern was one of the only to get back to me. Fern, shout out Fern. Uh, and uh, that sounds pretty consistent with the rest of the character. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then um, talking with him, that and I hitched my wagon to the expos and got to learn a lot more of, of uh, everybody that's involved there. Um, oh, I, I'm going to correct the record for one thing because Fern was on a different podcast and he, he he said that Monty came up with the idea for the um, um, what's the song that we do when we do scarves up that or uh, scarves up we do why am I blanking on this right now ecstasy of gold yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that was a uh, Ford Ford Wagner uh, he he came up with that idea in the Slack chat and then we pitched it up the up the oh up the for real and, yeah 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 so shout out Ford also. Kind of I thought that was that, that that was Fern the whole time. I think Fern was the one who posted at the at the at the experience center, but now I know it's Ford. Ford yeah. yeah. Shout out Ford always. Always wearing shout out Ford in his hats always. <laughs> yes. Always something interesting. Hats, glasses, yes. yeah, that all that. <laughs> Big mustache. Now. Shout out to Ecstasy of Gold in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great jam. How do we feel about the song now now a season and a half in of Ecstasy and Gold? It's it's stuck, I feel like but we have any other alternative? You, can you see the bank doing any other song for it? And it was like a perfect thing because right gold's in the name. You know, yeah. Like, so. Got the Western feel mm-hmm. of it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, we still love it. We still love it. We're still cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. absolutely. I love it. Of the game day traditions, I yeah. think that's my arms just get tired from holding it up. <laughs> I wonder if I can just get like a I think, four second sting. I think in the there. only downside <laughs> of like any of that stuff is just that it's the weird. It's the weird MLS. Like you got to like short, it's yeah. it's impossible to like have the momentum happen the right way because it has this weird interruption. I used to hold it up the whole time, and I was like, I don't remember I was picking the song, and then I heard the song on FIFA, and I was like, oh god, this is like something corporate <laughs> yeah. and. Like yeah, they yeah. want to unite us on. I was like, it does break up the entire rhythm of the, of the, of the night, though. Mm-hmm. But they'll do what they do. Champions League does it too. Uh, to be fair, let's not let's not compare the Champions League song to. I know, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, the yeah, global footballing world will have their, they'll have their way of putting their. We need song the Kendrick Lamar remix of the MLS anthem right now. <laughs> or just like you know, do it first and then let them walk out. There it is. We're solving all your problems for you, Don. So you you find out about it. You go to the groundbreaking thing. What are you thinking at this time? Is he is he already like the thing? I've seen you're just like, are you? No. On board. We were we were both pretty on board because this was also after the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that 
Um, I think, you know, having the foray into kind of the supporter culture with the Quakes, as much support as it was. <laughs> and then, like, going, <laughs> going to Canada and, you know, marching with AO down those streets, mm-hmm. like... I mean, it's kind of hard yeah, to yeah. it's kind of hard to not get hooked on that kind of adrenaline. So when we, you know, heard we were moving to a place that was going to have a brand new team, we were like, "This is our chance to be a part of." Right. Set the stage for us for the. Before we get into that, um, I'm kind of curious to know, you know, you you're coming to this city. You don't know if you're going to like it, right? You haven't spent a ton of time in LA at this point, right? And you had been living in other places in on the west coast you could say broad stroke mm-hmm. like how did you know you were even going to like it or what about LA what was like your initial reaction to it apart from soccer oh and like God. what did you think yeah, yeah I think that's, that's a good answer for, that's I think a good I have a much you. better story about it. I, I remember because I moved down here and I was by myself for like two months like Mark said and I remember one time I went to the grocery store and just it was like one person after another was just like really rude to me and it was like right after I moved here, so I got in the car and I was like bawling. And I call Mark and I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And so, what grocery store? Say some names. We're gonna burn some. Oh, it was like a Walmart. It was no. But so you must have been out there. Though. You've been like out in Claremont, right? Yeah, it was. It, we were living in Pomona at the time, and so you know, Pomona has some characters out there. Do better, Walmart Pomona. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. My God. <laughs> And they so, have good clearance stuff, though, at the time. Oh, Target. That's a Target. Oh, my bad. Then, yeah, Target. forget Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Walmart. So, yeah, so that was like, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if this... Because, like, I lived in Arizona pretty slow uh-huh. living in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I moved to Idaho. That's probably even slower living in Idaho. And then NorCal, which is, like, it was speeding up a bit. There was more to do in, in NorCal. Yeah. But here, it was, like... I moved into Disneyland. That's that's kind of like how, <laughs> how it felt, mm-hmm. and uh, which you know was great because I I love adventuring and everything, and so there's way more to do here than anywhere else I've lived before. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think it was just like uh, the culture shock really hit me, and I think honestly when we started going to the um, drum and chant sessions, I think that's when I actually started feeling more comfortable about planting roots here in los angeles as a city yeah yeah because you know i was like i don't know if i'm gonna connect with anybody here like you know yeah i'm i'm the white girl (laughs) and and people look at me (laughs) and so yeah i was like yeah i met just so many cool people just i mean even just from the very first drum and chant session we ever went to and we just kept going and kept going and kept going. Yeah. And then I started feeling more like a family. Right, right, right. And then I was like, yeah, this is, I, f- I feel, I, it definitely made me feel like this was more like home to me. You're more secure about planting roots. Yeah, it. definitely. So, that's awesome. We Honestly, I think we should have, uh, at least I should have cataloged the drum and chant sessions better just because it's, it's so important for <laughs> the figures that have remained with LAFC throughout all this time. And like, it is the first reaction. You're going to a parking lot people the rhythm is crazy yeah. people are dressed up all in black and it's intimidating at first until you really put yourself past the boundary and then all of a sudden it's like it's everyone's family together yeah. it's it's truly unique and, I think. exactly and, and then um of those we didn't we had even a couple that weren't in the parking lot lot six but they were at other people's houses and then like from those events awesome. those were those were days when i like that i could say oh like that was the first event i met, met joseph at or the first event i mm-hmm. met monty or right, the first right. event i met 
uh, Ray, Ray, I wasn't even, I don't remember having a conversation with Ray at the drum sessions. I remember at somebody else's house that we were doing some drum uh-huh. stuff. And then I was like, I remember that guy, because I was listening to the Somos podcast. Yeah, shout yeah, out, yeah. Shout, shout out, out Somos. Somos. And uh, um, I was like, you sound so damn familiar. And then it, I added it up <laughs> and, then, and we started talking there. And then, so, but yeah, I, it was great. Um, and at one of those meetings or at one of those drum sessions, we met certain people and I, I guess Joe Joseph was the president already at the club and that's when we we went directly to Joe and said hey how do we get more involved yeah yeah and that kind of stuff what and did so, he tell you after that just join an SG or no we were I was already um, in involved with Expos, Expos okay. and then uh, so it was more about just how, how do I so a little more background was I when I first found out about LAFC and I was working at the paper I was like I was thinking about starting my own podcast and that kind of stuff uh-huh. but then I once I saw LAFC podcast was taken by some jabroni, I said, all right, well, then I'll go. <laughs> um, I'll just go find, and that's when I got involved with Expos. And yeah, then I, found, yeah. I was like, why not help this grow? Right, you know, right. So that was my mentality of it. Let me get part of this, something that's already, you know, established and trying to grow yeah. and be part of the community. The, the shoulder to shoulder was already a part of it there. And so I said, why don't I help that grow? wherever I can and so that's how we yeah, I'm getting emotional home, Mark you have a beautiful heart man this is like <laughs> it's straight up like oh man it's just it's crazy because like we some a lot of people get into into supportive culture for different reasons and mm-hmm. promoting it and increasing it but it's like your your passion to grow it I think is for everyone who's under kind of Mark's tutelage on the arts and the content team over here like we see the heart of his leadership there and also like this thing is blowing up and he's really invested in us and tells us that um it's it's really volunteer basis first and yeah. the second is like we do it because we want to showcase your talent um for this club you know for this club first and foremost and so man it's awesome to hear that that kind of conviction you had is like cons- what it looks like today i think that's a really beautiful way to to grow and to see that man awesome. but was it the same for you like for her did you have like initial reactions of la like sandy sometimes i feel like people from sandy are just like la is just like people are so it's kind of the same reaction no. like people are so rude it's not like calm like i was used to no back more, down more south. so uh yeah san diego's a little more laid back but it we still have our areas where there's a bunch of assholes and stuff so mm-hmm. like i you know i and uh, shout I out the gas lab <laughs> shout out um uh i have family that live here in um in the la area like covina and palmdale even and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so I, I wasn't a stranger to la and then plus growing up where my family's a big disney family and so um we have like season passes so we'd go to anaheim very frequently and that kind of stuff so a lot of this didn't really change mm-hmm. for me it's still kind of home um, but would you guys say that like it kind of was at least it sounds like lafc and specifically supporter culture was something that made you feel like okay with yeah. long term it's not it's not just about this team right. but it's about this 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 thing that seems to be building that like you're like actually i kind of want to stay definitely. Yeah. See this. yes yeah definitely that's pretty cool because uh, yeah especially for me because i was like hell no i'm going back to arizona uh. <laughs> i'm like but it's so hot yeah <laughs> yeah so hot <laughs> Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with Mark and Lindsay shortly and get into some of the the Women's World Cup stuff, which I'm super curious about. We're back here, FCFC Pod. We're here with Mark and Lindsay of the 3252, and, um, oh, man, just the... the the, the the hit the hit song of the summer was uh, 
uh, the combined effort of Mark and Lindsay holding up some Bring NWSL to LA, LA Suns with the LA Crest in there. And um, it just kind of took over the conversation and, and the hearts and minds of a lot of LAFC supporters who are um, dying to, to have some more female representation in the beautiful game here in our city. And um, just want to hear about not only kind of that approach to what, what you guys are trying to push there, but also a trip to France you guys took, a little trip to France you guys took to see the Women's World Cup. So, and before um, that, Canada, yeah. right? Yeah, we went to Canada for the 2015 World oh Cup. Oh my god, we gotta hear this, we gotta hear all this. So, <laughs> yeah, wherever like, you guys wanna jump off from, like, Let's please. start that, that, that first, because you didn't go to 2011. 2011 was, where was the 2011 World Cup? No, we weren't there. We didn't, yeah. but we didn't go to that. Where was it? Isn't that tandem one, maybe? Not sure. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but where do you want to start from? Because we want to talk about this for a long time. <laughs> no, let's start from the Canada, right? Say. And you were mentioning kind of supporter culture and, like, yeah. marching with the American outlaws. I, yeah, I think Canada was definitely a lot different than France just because Canada's our next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more... It, it was easier for a lot of fans to make it up there. So literally, I remember us... I don't even remember what match it was. It was so long ago. We went to the third match of the group stage, uh, which was being played in Vancouver, Canada. Yes. So we, uh, my cousins that live in San Diego, shout out Becky and Melly, um, they also went with us to um, Vancouver. We all didn't stay together. Oh, we we rented we went to we flew to Seattle and we rented a smart, smart car, car. So and it stalled thing. on in the middle of Seattle <laughs> while we're yeah. going up a hill. It was it was the scariest thing ever. But <laughs> but driving car. that thing from Seattle to Canada and then back to Seattle never had to fill up the gas yeah. tank. It was amazing. Which we were worried because <laughs> right we didn't know the conversion rates of leaders and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But smart it, car sponsored yeah. the pod. <laughs> smart car. You turn around and you're in the trunk. Like it's that's so all, like, dangerous. So, um, the <laughs> yes, we went to and we were we we're American Outlaws uh, registered members and that kind of stuff. And so we 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 didn't have tickets in the outlaw section for that particular match, but we just went ahead and went with them and did a bunch of the stuff. And so what she's talking about is there was a couple pregame meetups at at like the official FIFA area zone, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And the outlaws planned a march, and so we were. We even went to the front and we were holding up the yeah, banner, we were holding whatever, up the banner. whatever it was. It was sent like Outlaws or some or USA, whatever. I can't recall. At the were time. you rocking American flag bandanas around your? Every, not not bandanas, Face but we pants, had pants, the jerseys, the whole. That's that was why we were like replicating it at the final, the way we painted our faces, because that's how we painted our faces when we went to Canada. Oh, yeah. So we were trying to like kind of redo that. Creatures but, of habit, these journalists. But do it a little here. bit. Better, just a little bit better. Uh, and uh, uh, it was great because, of course, since like she's talking about proximity, there was thousands and thousands and thousands. So that's like the like, story, the headline for the next day on the, in the Vancouver Sun or whatever. Was like was. Americans take over Canada. Yeah. And it, yeah, that was that was like bigger than any parade I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> was, there were just so many. The, they closed down like all the streets leading up to you know yeah, BC the place. stadium. Yeah. Um, BC Place. Oh, it's fun. Fun fact. That's the Star Star Labs um, from Flash TV show. Oh. Any, anyway, that's random. No, uh, shout, yeah. out, shout out to shout CW. Out CW. CW. <laughs> CW. Anyway, the um, so yeah, we were there. Oh, uh, Lindsay's gonna hate that I'm gonna say this, but uh, at the we were up in the AO section, and Lindsay was really excited to get merch. Yeah. 
Oh my she, God! Shut up. Yes, she, <laughs> no. So she, this. So she wanted. No. So she really wanted the 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 women's World Cup scarf. Yeah. And so I was like, just wait. Like we'll go at like halftime and all this kind of. Stuff. So it's like the minute forty or whatever, and she's like, oh, she's very excited to get this merch, and so she goes. Because there were already people like leaving to head up there. Because also FIFA is notorious for not making enough product. There wasn't. Kind of yeah, we there had, wasn't anything outside. Yeah. We had, so, heard, yeah. we had heard stories of other merch getting sold out and all that kind of stuff. And so because we had marched in with AO, we didn't have enough time to get and and, um, and buy any merch beforehand. So she, she gets leaving. And that, unfortunately, yeah, she went a few minutes before Abby Wambach scores the only goal of the entire <laughs> match. Oh, um, so no. she, she, she was in line watching it probably from one of the TV I think screens. I scared people who were waiting in line with me with how many fucks I actually said. <laughs> like, he wasn't there, but... <laughs> there were there were some mothers care like covering their children's ears. I was really upset. Was it a mix of it's Abby fucking Wombat out here or it's, it's, it's it was all of that. <laughs> it was like it was rage. It was like that. rage happiness yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was like oh. Oh, okay. So then I'll use that to segue to my next favorite story. But so we had a great experience with the Canadian World Cup and all that, and so uh, it culminated with the USA women uh, winning their third their third star. Were you guys there for the final? Were you up no, there? We, cause, no, because what? So we were only able to because we didn't. We're uncertain about where they were going to be playing and all yeah. that kind of stuff. We didn't want to deal with it. And, and plus, on a journalist salary, you can't exactly go afford to go right. to too many yeah. of these things. So of course, we went to the one that was. Geographically closest to us rather than try to go out east and all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. for this one, we put all our eggs in the basket of the USA winning the whole thing. And so we only bought tickets for the Lyon. The semifinals and the final. Even though we were going to be in France for enough time for like the quarterfinals and whatever, we just went ahead and just put all our eggs in the basket of them and into the final. So this is France now, guys. This is France. We are in France. So the segue was because of the fucks. Because we're sitting... We're sitting in a Scottish pub in France. In Paris. In Paris, France, watching USA play Chile. And Lindsay gets up out of her chair and is like, fuck, to something that the ref like made a bad call or something. Like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, there it is. That's (laughs) the the exact quote. Uh And... um, and it was just a magical moment of this, you know, the part, part of the spirit of the, the world's game is, you know, we're, the, all these weird things happening at the same time. I you the better part of that. And the be- okay, so the best part of that story, <laughs> the best part of that story is that that was our wedding day in France. So uh-huh. she's sitting there in a wedding dress. Yelling, <laughs> in the bar. In the bar. Yelling, yelling at, at the p- fucking TV yeah. while everybody's Wait, so you were in up. your wedding I dress? In my wedding oh my dress. God. I didn't know you were in the the lead. Oh, yeah. I know a little bit. I know a little bit. <laughs> Wait, so you guys got married out there? Yes. Yeah. Way to bury the lead. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. That's, so that's the that's why. Problem. That's why when Josh yeah. said fiance, fiance, like, no, we were like, oh. I thought I wanted to throw a little French in there. Is that French? So, so was this an elopement? It was. Our families did not know. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's that's actually the episode title is Our Families Did Not Our Families <laughs> Did Not Know. And you guys, how long in advance did you decide that you were going to do that? You already knew you were going to go to the tournament. You were super on board. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then maybe... So the short, long story goes, after the San Jose match, when we road tripped with, uh, with the, the caravan of 700, 800 mm-hmm. LAFC fans to San Jose, Lindsay and I took a side trip to Santa Cruz, and that's where I proposed. Yes. Or Monterey, sorry. Mm-hmm. Santa Cruz, Monterey. I was thinking of the Us movie because that's where it's a big part of it. The whole time yes. I was like, oh, let's yeah. go. the whole time I was oh, like, let's God. go to the carnival and go oh, to that maze thing. But terrifying. anyway, yeah. Um, and so yeah, we um, 
we uh, we got in we got engaged there, and then we uh, <laughs> we had a ceremony in in, in Paris or in front of the uh, Eiffel, Tower. Eiffel Tower. Oh my goodness, beautiful! Lindsay just handed me your phone. I'm looking at the photo, and it's just, it's just one of those ones, man. There's just there's. <laughs> hey man, I know I know people got their wedding photos, but this is Wait, a, this is a this is a gem. We did. This is a gem and a half. Explain oh! to the listeners what's going on. So. I mean, I don't spend enough time on the internet in general. Are these on the internet? Have people seen these there, photos? We, uh, so most the, the most ne- of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, the so da- the dance one, no, because Mark said he just wanted that to be one that we just show people because yeah. it's special. That no, I'm sorry, rad. so that's going to be the FCFC pod uh, <laughs> exclusive right there. <laughs> so far, well, how much as, money do you want for these exclusive photos? As one, right? as one person who, who eloped seven months ago uh-huh. to, to two others who also eloped, Hey, we're advocates for elopement. You guys want to talk about eloping? It's Come so talk to us. Cost it's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. You get oh dope photos. You get a dope story. These are these are unbelievable. Um, I don't know if Josh has seen these. He's rocking the 3252 scarves. Rocking the U.S. national team scarves. Beautiful. That was right our announcement post. Was uh, oh we had um, made some um, personalized oh yeah. jerseys that said um, Mr. Mrs. Rojas yeah. and Mr. Rojas, and then at the final, yeah. we had somebody take a picture of us looking over the pitch. To kind of replicate that yeah. picture of us with the scarves, oh, and man. so then that was our like, hey guys, wow. y'all doing it, y'all doing it well. Let me tell and you look, that. I mean, it's not it's, it's not every pod, but there's only some pods that you get the goosebumps for because actually, <laughs> and the goosebumps for me aren't just the photos. It's knowing that like these guys took the the gamble that the U.S. was going to make it to the semifinal and the oh, final, yeah, and then yeah. you guys went. And this is like the the post wedding experience, yes. with like going to these two. I've games. actually never had so the confidence in anything. Resume, I, resume well, the story. Like, I have to tell. Uh, I have to tell you because of this because we got we got married like three days after we arrived. Yeah. And so the final wasn't till like two weeks later. You're right. Oh my god! For those that semifinal match <laughs> and the final match, I was like having a heart attack in the stands. Like you, I've never had so much nice. anxiety. And uh, we tried to get. <laughs> Because um, the match against France was at the Parc de Prince, which is the where um, PSG, PSG plays. Yeah. And um, we tried to get tickets for that, but they were going for something ridiculous. And so we just, uh, and, and it's in Euro, so obviously it's a little more expensive. And we just spent all this money on the wedding. And so we were like, well, let's just go. And we found the AO bar the where they were going to. But yeah. then it turns out that was just their meetup place because then after that, there weren't too many Americans staying. And it turned into this weird like nightclub, French nightclub thing. (laughs) So so here we are. It was one row of USA fans watching like two little TVs. Surrounded by French people. Yeah, it was like fifty something people came in and started. They were nearly even paying attention to the game until like until we scored, and then so we started yelling and all this kind of stuff. And then when it started like toward the seventieth minute, when it started getting really interesting, then they got interested and they were starting. They didn't really even chant anything, but they were more just like really into it kind of thing. But that atmosphere in that little like because we're only what a few dozen or not even a few dozen but like a half dozen Americans sitting here watching this game <laughs> surrounded by all these French people was this um, the same game where you're wearing your wedding dress no or? that was no. a different, different, different game. so the Chile game was the wedding day game where we're uh, this game was against France yeah. oh my goodness when That's we eliminated so France oh, so it God. was like really yeah, there was a lot of tension there and Mark, were you ready to throw the bows? <laughs> Lindsay, were you ready to throw the bro- the bows? What's going on? Oh, we were just mostly hoping that, you know, they um, they would advance because then kind of like it would deflate the whole trip, really. It was I like, know. oh, if, yeah, if they yeah, get yeah. eliminated, sure, yeah, we'd go and, and watch the rest of the the, 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 the tournament. But, yeah. but I was just, like, I want to remember this trip, like, also a U.S. win. <laughs> like, I, that would just... I mean, it. in some ways it was also like, 
correct me if I'm wrong, if I was in your shoes, and this is sort of how I felt when I did my eloping thing, I'm like, if this goes well, I this was the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, exactly. it's, it's a validation. I told, no, it's I, a, it validates I, your choice. No, I, 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 I swear to God, I looked at Mark during the France game, and I said, Mark, if we lose, like, our wedding was bad luck. <laughs> yeah, right? So, no. It's like... I said that. I was like, this is bad luck. This is not a good sign. So for all the lovers out there who are contemplating uh, elopements, you will wonder if it's the right choice. At yes. one point, you'll be like, I don't know if this sort of... You'll have some complex thinking about it. Yes. You'll be like, I don't know if this is really what I should do. We really want to do this, but this is right. Right, right. In a lot of ways, for, for me, it was like, it was, it was riding on if this goes well. Yeah. Like, if things go wrong one way or the other, it's like, bad luck bad juju, yep. shouldn't have done that, yep. bad karma, then like this relationship, you know, it's like right? it's sort of you psychologically <laughs> build it up like that. So for the fact that it went perfectly, obviously this bodes well, wonderfully for the future. Oh, yeah. But like in the in those moments, I mean, I, I remember watching bits and pieces of the other women's tournaments. I watched this tournament like pretty religiously, like mm -hmm. all the way through. I think so many other people did. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and those games, those like, it was, it was France, then it was uh, England, England right? and then it was Netherlands. the Netherlands, Netherlands in the final. Yep. Those three games, like, and their nerve-wracking nature. They were nail yeah. All three of them. And so, yeah. What What's that like? Describe Describe well, to us there on the so ground. So it w it was, it was like a double-edged sword because we were yeah freaking out and like really nervous they were gonna lose. Right. But Mark kept like reminding me, but if they win. This is a better way to win than if it had been a blowout. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like we're we're playing good teams. They're mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. They're they're you know great. So if we win, that makes this win even more special than if we had won. Mark, did you actually yeah. believe that, or were you just trying to call <laughs> it out? I think he was just trying to help me. <laughs> a little bit of both, uh, because France is is great. Um, they uh, we know the Koreans know how good France is. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm talking about in terms of their support for the women's game. Um, yes, there. Yeah. Because, for example, the finals were held in in Lyon, and Lyon is arguably one of the better run um, women's. Um, sporting teams over there. Yeah. The um, Man United women's captain was just sold to Leon, so I mean that's how it just proves how incredible yeah. the Leon's women's The is, ownership right? group is really adamant about uh, supporting it and making a quality product and so that's for example awesome. they, they were one of the big ones that gave Alex Morgan a lot of money to come over right. and all that kind of stuff. So that idea that they put their money where their mouth is and they support the sport um, and so the French League is, is doing really well and so that's why Fran partly why France was um, was a, a big contender there because, for example, on the Leon team, I, uh, um, I cash her name escapes me, but uh, um, uh, Renard, I believe, or Canard, I, I can't remember the, the center back. Name, but yeah, the, yeah. from uh, who, the one who ended up scoring during yeah. the, mm -hmm. the, the tall game. center back. Yeah. Exactly, she like, plays for yeah, the Leon level. team, that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. So it was like you know, there's um, there's a lot of great uh, support for the women's game there, and um, so I was confident that the USA would win because I'm a diet. I'm a, once I had latched myself onto a team and I'm going to support them to the end of the week. So they could have lost everything, but I would have been like, you know, like, or like, or not qualified like the men's team and I would still support them <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. But no, I was very confident, which is why we were able to, you know, confidently only buy the Lyon final tickets with, with going. Uh, but the atmosphere was great. The, um, the, since USA has such a great uh, support uh, and the women have a lot of great support, the in fact, um, my dad, I was talking to him before I came, and he was talking about how he can name way more women 
national team players the national team players. Wow. Just mm-hmm. that idea of that, like you know, he even gives some of them nicknames, like he calls uh, Rapino Rapido and mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, if if Becky Sauerbrunn does poorly, he'll call her Sauerkraut, sauerkraut like <laughs> yeah, things like that. But, yeah. So, um, but anyway, um, so just that idea. So similar to Canada, where we were surrounded by a lot of people, there was a good chance that at any given time while we were touring the touristy things that we'd run into other Americans out there doing the same touristy things. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of people at, at the semifinal game and then at the final game. Um, the only thing that I was a little deterred about was that since there was such a good presence, it was like spread out through the entire stadium yeah. rather than focused in like a, a like a true supporter section. Well, so notoriously in these tournaments, the bigger tournaments, the longer you go in the tournament, the harder and harder it is in many ways for supporters to get tickets, not just because of the cost, yeah. but because so many people in advance have them. Certain corporations have groups of tickets. Yeah. And so, you know, you're getting a lot of people who are going who aren't necessarily like... And even depending on whose teams are playing, they might not even really carry their way. They're just like there for the spectacle and and to do it that way. But then on top of that, even in the group stage, I saw like the U.S. support and like fans for the most part from like the optics and what I remember seeing is sort of all spread out and it doesn't have the same cohesion that you get um, with some other national teams on the men's side and then obviously in the club game. Yeah. So like, what was that like? In, w- in what ways were you guys like surprised or like impressed or frustrated? Yeah, the Netherlands did a great job. Like yeah. even in the final. Is this in the final? That's, that's, the, that's the final. Yeah. That's I remember looking team. behind the goal and you're just like, Mark's showing us a photo of the of the behind the goal, behind the Netherlands goal. Um, <laughs> during the final and I thought they did a phenomenal job. They which did. they did. They do during the they men's did. tournament as well. They're really yeah. good at organizing and sort of getting on the same page. Well, and, they, and they were like, not only that, but they showed up Two hours before kickoff, um, Ejo was not there till like thirty minutes before kickoff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, it was insane because it wasn't just like that, you know, rectangle behind behind the goal. There was also like Pockets. a square up here and a square right here. Yeah. Like, but they were all together. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like a really solidly painted yeah. orange yeah, square. Yeah, exactly. I had no idea how they did that, but it was very <laughs> impressive. And they were they were loud. They had some really good chants, and they weren't just right. like Netherlands chants. It was chants that they designed to get the entire stadium going, and they did it. It was yeah. really good. And the uh, Dutch out here. Yeah. Well, part of it's an advantage of, you know, they they have a long history with using just the orange as their their main primary kit and that kind of thing. And whereas the USA have the red, white, and blue to choose from, and then yeah. depending on the year, there'll be a black one or there'll be mm-hmm. a white one or a red one or sure. that kind of thing. So everybody's just USA'd out and and every other color that you could think of and that kind of thing so you don't get that visual aesthetic of of a unity but i guess just throughout the fact that ever so often a, a usa chant would would ring out is uh, is great and uh, did they do the equal pay chant at, at that match so they said i saw like reports that they did but i didn't hear it so it must have just been over in the in ao area. section mm-hmm. like you know the 20 people who were there but it was great it was yeah. great throughout the whole match it was the i it was it was palpable that the the especially with Lindsay uh, oh, next to me because she would clench she would clench yeah, yeah, yeah. he lost like circulation in his yeah. arm at a yeah, and uh, <laughs> so um oh but also shout out uh cheap concession prices oh my like you got gosh eight eight dollars for a year uh, eight euros a big panini and a well, and go, a, go and on a this rant for a second yeah i need to hear this i think a lot of people need to hear this rant it's it was the power. so we went to the yeah we went to the semifinals and the final of the world cup in Lyon in france and we paid eight euro for it was a panini and a drink with a souvenir cup you know and so <laughs> at our house 
at our house right now, we have a couple of the LAFC ones, and right, you pay what? You pay just six dollars for eight the bucks just for the <laughs> one drink, you know. Yeah. And so we're, you know, it, concession prices, you know, they are what they are. But uh, well, right. and you and you could order to your seat, yeah, and they would bring it to you. So that was that was nice. So, they were perfect. Is this on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just some sort of website, and then you put on your seat, and because they have that. I a think few, they're a getting that. Yeah. At LAFC, nice. right? yeah. Yeah. I think they're getting some. But, uh, but yeah, shout out low prices. I, I remember seeing that come up because a lot of Atlanta supporters came over and they were very upset because yeah. Mercedes does a good or whatever. They have like yeah. four dollars, <laughs> exactly. like whatever yeah, is they have, right? Like yeah. the whole game, oh. they have some rock bottom crazy. Yeah. Every so often, insanity expo, prices. In the expo chat, we'll bring up uh, ideas for cheap food. Uh, we we're keep we're gonna keep pushing for like Kirkland hot chicken dogs and chicken bakes and yeah. kind of thing but I know that will probably never happen but one could wish right so. well I will say I mean the, the, the nice thing is there's the there is Christmas tree lane and there is yes. the, the yes. tailgate and the games aren't long enough there are not these baseball marathon games where you like must eat something right. at yes. some point but and, I hear what you're well, saying and there are uh, to their credit, some of the food options are really good. So yeah. like, you're willing to spend a little more, and especially the fact that we we always get Dole Whip while we're over there. You know that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So um, those kind of things. Yeah, I would, yeah, say, I would beat say the food Lindsay, options. Lindsay are... in a foot race to Dole Whip. <laughs> she did. And I was I was uh, oh, the first one there. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You didn't even know about it until I told you. <laughs> but I beat you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the um, the women's it was it was great to see the them score the second goal. To, to yeah. for sure solidify it and then also because of the controversy of whether or not it was worthy of a penalty and that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. um, the that was probably the best sort of call your shot moment I've ever been able to witness you know because the whole controversy of Mega Rampino making statements and all this kind of stuff just with the political climate and all that but then for her to double down and then I'll end up winning like Golden Boot and all these other accolades yeah. throughout the tournament you know that was one of the best that was one of the best like follow up your words, deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like so, under so much scrutiny, and it was exhilarating to watch her, yeah. like, and how she was going to deal with it. And you're sort of like, and you know, she, she got rested, I think, in the semifinal, right? Or mm-hmm. there was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. small she, injury yeah. scare. So yeah. I mean, like, there was like all this like talk yeah. about what it right. meant, and yep. could she handle the pressure, right. and like, yeah. And, and that team, yeah. that team was an all star caliber. Right? Yeah. the whole the whole squad. Because then you, um, it it was constantly echoed throughout that the Americans had. Um, their pick of any anything if in fact if they would have ran two teams you know it's plausible that they could have met each other in the finals like that mm-hmm. kind of thing and so yeah. you know is that a discredit to the entire sport or is that just a, a thing regarding the, the quality of, of of footballing that we've nurtured here in America maybe a little bit of both we don't know exactly mm-hmm. so, um, and, and that's one that you can't know you know yeah. that's just one for the the talking heads on like you know, first take round, first take yeah, or, yeah. or PTI or one of those things I think I, I think um, Megan Rapinoe is an interesting kind of uh, topic for us to, to kind of I want to hear your guys take on it just because the approval rating from the beginning to the end of the, the tournament is seeing it skyrocket and at the same time you got to remember Megan Rapinoe was one of the only um, non-NFL sports athletes who took a knee yeah. um, for Colin Kaepernick and yeah. his stance against police brutality yeah. right. and um She's just been she's just been about this for so long, yeah. and to see it culminate in first her pink hair in the beginning right. of the yeah. tournament yeah. to to everything that happened transpired, and for her to score a PK, and now like she's about she's she's representing everything that she's ever been about now, and like all the talk shows and doing with such such great you know grace and and and, and plaudits and with her. Honestly, like maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy, 
and I don't know now like what the future will be, but like she's like the number one American soccer hero yeah. to me yeah. no, because for sure. of what happened this year. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I know that there were other, uh, you know, the 99ers and, and Mia and, mm-hmm. you know, lot, lots of important figures on the women's side, important figures on the men's side that had yeah. done things, but there was just something about like yeah. the level she took it to, mm-hmm. the things she would say, the, the way in which she'd say them yeah. during, before, after the tournament. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like the biggest yeah. Were you guys fans America. of her before, and what, did, what was it like to see her in person live, oh, yeah. to see the, the kind of star explode again? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've always been a big fan of her because, you know, she she's definitely not, you know, reserved in letting her, you know, opinions known to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I really idolize her for that because we do have too many women who aren't, you know, standing up for these types of things or what they really believe in and especially like you know i've I've told mark i'm not a big fan of athletes getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport but i think that when you're using your platform for other purposes like you know shining light on police brutality or on lgbtq rights um on equal pay i think that 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 takes the game to a whole nother level where it's not it's not just soccer anymore yeah it's it's about you know equality and it's about everybody it's not about just women or just men or just you know gays or you know blacks or whites it's it's about everybody and it's for everybody and i have yet to see another team of any sort be able to kind of you know embody that right. like they have and I think that's that's what made this World Cup even more special is everything that's been going on the political climate just you know the way they're standing up for what's right for everybody right. I think I mean it, it definitely spoke to a lot of things that I personally have gone through in, in my life too so it, it, it was definitely special yeah it's I think it speaks to even she joins this this really powerful legacy of American sports icons who became somewhat of civil rights leaders, you know, the Jim Browns of the yeah. world, the Ali's of the world. Yeah. And, um, it just, it's become this really awesome thing where she's using platform to really pronounce um, power into an issue, right? Exactly. And I think that's, that's when these athletes get paid millions and millions of dollars, but they use it correctly. I think yeah. that's, we always applaud those people who exactly. speak with uh, some conviction with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark, what was it like for you? Oh yeah, uh, I first got wind of uh, Rapino um, probably during the um, the gold medal run during the Olympics. Um, um, because again, to putting it back to stuff that I know, she's from Northern California, and mm. so one of the publications that I worked at, uh, and a colleague of mine, uh, Thomas Lawrence, uh, he actually went to go interview her and talked about because of the local area. And so there was a, he, he when he came back, he was showing us pictures that he's like, oh, he, like he was holding the gold medal, and then she was right there, right, and that right, kind of right. stuff. So, uh, like I caught wind of her there, and then just following that career uh, into becoming like what you said, something that mirrors the um, the the bravado of Muhammad Ali and, and that kind of stuff that. Um, of carrying that message and then also but walking the walk and talking the talk and because exactly. even to this day sure she knelt during the 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 oh, she, and protests and that kind of stuff but also 
if you follow her on Instagram or Twitter or all that kind of stuff, she's still sharing those type of stories. So yeah. it's not just like a one-time thing. It's like something. It's not. That she's it's doing. not just for the cameras. She right. she tries to do that where wherever she's at, whether it's you know on a talk show or just her Instagram. She's she's sharing you know all of those different types of empowerment. And I mean, she she gets a. She gets a shit ton of hate, obviously, because the people who hate are the first ones to comment and sometimes the only ones to comment. But I think I think just, you know, I think she I personally consider her one of my personal heroes just because she she's standing up for what I believe is is right for everybody. And, you know, for things that I've personally gone through and, you know, it's it's nice to see people who can make a difference actually go toward making a difference and actually putting you know using their platform for that purpose where you know people like me or you know many others like we're we're not really in a position to to fight that as much and then so some of the call to action that she and the rest of her teammates gave um following the the successful run and all this kind of stuff was talking about going back to support your local communities support your local uh, clubs support your local clubs and support just in general the the either also just being good people but then also supporting the sport um and so we took that really to heart and we (laughs) want to uh there's plenty of uh, there's a lot of love for LAFC, and yeah. then there, and then if you look at something like the LAFC Facebook page and that kind of stuff, there's a lot of people that are focused on like lots of other tertiary things around LAFC, and so there's a lot of demand for more LAFC stuff. And so part of it is that like we would love to see not only like a LAFC two of some sort, but then also like NWSL. Yes. You know, talk about walking the walk for you guys. I mean, and Megan Rapino, it's. These guys um, painted a tifo prior to the the USA Ireland game at the at the Rose Bowl, correct? And then yeah. it was uh, of the Statue of Liberty doing now the iconic Rapino after she scores a goal, <laughs> and um, just talking about bringing the NWSL to LA. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, just wanted to talk to you guys about that and just where where you you hope that goes and what that looks like and what form that takes. But yeah. I think you guys have been really. Um, at the forefront of that and pushing yeah. that forward for even our LA local community that we're all obsessed with LAFC. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm even taking that a step like further kind of because um, uh, this is going to be my last season as membership director. Oh. So I just finished that up. So that's like, you know, the, the news, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. because I, I do want to focus more on, you know, painting those NWSL banners, um, you know, bringing all of those and having everybody in every single section hold an NWSL banner in black and gold and just call for that shit. Like, I don't want to have to wait another four years to see powerful women on the pitch in person. I want to see that every single weekend. Whenever we have kids, I want to take my kids there because they're going to learn about respect through that game in particular. Like, you know... I mean, watching LAFC and the men play is is always going to be special in my heart. But there's just something about being able to connect. Like, I I can't really connect with, you know, the men playing. Sure. But, you know, whenever I go to a women's match, whether if it's U.S. or an NWSL match, it's just it it feels different. Mm -hmm. And they're 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 not just playing 
for the sport. I mean, a lot of them have second jobs too. Right. Whereas in in MLS, most of them they're they're That's good their on. Primary there's position, yeah. Right? There's a history of the ebb and flow of support for the thing because then like a league will form after the success of a of a World Cup, but then you know it'll it'll um, shutter and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. so right now we're in a league that's been around for less than a decade and uh, currently less than 10 teams um, because some have folded and that kind of stuff. But, you know, um, there's models out there that work, like, for example, the way that the NBA works with the WNBA and and that kind of thing. Um, Certainly USSF doesn't do too too well to support it, especially, for example, we went to this Rose Bowl match and the tickets were for, the cheapest tickets were like $40, whereas Uh compared to, I think, the World Cup final that was around that price. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that a friend, a friendly, a meaningless friendly for in America cost just around the same ticket value that we got final. for the final. You know, something's weird there with it. You know, if you want to continue to grow the sport, you know, make it more affordable to everybody. Start making. For example, the men team played in Arizona at at the Cardinal Stadium, mm-hmm. and this place fits seventy k or something like that. But they were only because the ticket price. It was a meaningless game, meaningless friendly. The the men hadn't qualified for the cup and all this kind of stuff, and then they were still charging ridiculous prices to go to the match. Right. I remember it was like a hundred dollars to go, and that's right. why the stadium was like. There's like less than 10,000 people at this game. Yeah. And this so is from my advertiser out there, okay? You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you are. First off, sponsor the ladies, pay the ladies, because yes. they're some of the most marketable athletes we have in the world right now. And also, if you do if you do that, then we can make the tickets cheaper for everybody to enjoy the the, the ladies play, because it's it's ridiculous how $40 is the cheapest ticket. Or, yeah. But there's just ways of doing it that, you know, don't necessarily, because some, some people will go down to the bottom line or all this kind of, and I, I don't know enough about organizing and paying for all the uh, you I mean, do mark don't I mean, be don't be modest about, about this not organizing but i'm talking about like i don't know any of the fiduciary aspects of it all this kind sure. of stuff but with regard to um strategically planning it like you could play games afterwards like or you know like so it's a double header or something like that or um facilitate it as part of a season ticket package with you know your already existing men's game yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff like similar to how other other teams um give their second team tickets away to the season ticket holders, right, just stuff right. like that to continue nurturing and all that kind of stuff. Or even uh, just get the display and give out free tickets in, on every so often, like obviously not every game because that, that wouldn't make financial sense. But anyway, mm-hmm. like for example, in Europe, the with, uh, I can't recall if it's Barcelona team or whatever, but they had they just made a big, they, something like 90,000 people went to a women's match, mm-hmm. um, partially because of the support from the club and then also partially because the, the third and fourth tier were free tickets and That's that kind awesome. of stuff. And so um, uh, there's there's ways of making it work. Um, there's ways of leagues putting their finances into supporting something like that that can make it make it all structurally sound and then have you know your ownerships and then also um, there are ways of having the these multi ownership group type things work right. and make it out and have it live but I don't know We're, that's that's not for us yeah, to yeah, yeah. no and that's, but I like is, I like like these like thinking out loud about all the right. all the different aspects that might go into this but like uh, this is just an open question on like the community side like I mean on the ownership side one one has to think maybe the reservation is we're just starting LAFC like we're just getting this underway like how can we start the USL team already how can we oh, start yeah. the women's team already how can we like do all these things like these things are just kind of up and running oh, yeah. but if you guys you know if if a team came like what would the support look like do, do you do you think it would be 
like from the from the get go, like on knowing the community that you guys know, or do you guys think it would be a little a little bit there, of a tri- of a tricky situation? There's already a percentage of people that are on board with anything black and gold. Yeah, um, that's the first step. But then, uh, like our mission isn't primarily focused on just black and gold necessarily. That's our ob- objective is to get it to be black yeah. and gold. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the just the the push for for top flight women's soccer in Los Angeles is is the primary goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think every because every time we post something about it. You know, there's lots of comments, or like if you go on Reddit or something like that, there's somebody's like, "Heck yeah, I'll go they'll sign me up now." Where do I put my deposit? And that kind of stuff. Because every time I do see me a ham, which is like a handful of times, but we always bring it up. But <laughs> but still, the fact that we're in the and she wants it, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. But she's she on her own can't possibly like move the juggernaut oh, to make it happen. No, and like you know, we're, Rich freaks out every time we bring the banner over to him, but. Um, like, shout out to Rich. Shout, shout out. out to Rich. Keep freaking out, Rich. Just keep freaking out. <laughs> they're freak still outs. coming, Rich. We're not going to stop. <laughs> shout, and shout out to Mama Orozco. She listens to the pod. Oh. Mama Orozco, you should tell Rich, you know, not to be so scared of the banner. Yes, Embrace yes. the banner. Yes. Become one with the banner. Yes. Hold the banner. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Maybe run a hat with oh. some of those messaging on it Ooh. in the team store. If that ain't a call to action, then I have an early one. CTA, CTA, CTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. I forgot what no, so I, I, it was just sort of like the open-ended, this this idea of like... Oh, yeah. I would imagine well, like what the detractors... What does support look like well, immediately? Well, I mean, we obviously know that this is not something that's going to happen next year or the year after. I mean, maybe not five years, but we, we don't want to, you know, get into that World Cup lull. Like, the yeah, after yeah, the yeah. World Cup, like, I want this to still be something that I think about and that other people think about. And at least somebody's going to be, you know, bringing those banners doing those social media posts to remind people hey this is something that we could have yeah. and then we can have it year round not just every four years and we could potentially have players in LA like Alex Morgan I'm still you know yeah. I'm still like guaranteeing if we had an NWSL team she'd be the first one over here yeah. and I think she'd give Carlos a bet, uh, run for her money with the top selling jersey right. in LA too yeah, right? yeah. yeah. and I, I well, just and it's, and it's the same it's also to me it's the same idea of like why people were so excited about the academy's early success it's like mm-hmm. we can't wait to like Josh said once like see our first homegrown player take the pitch at LAFC Absolutely. now why why isn't that or why can't that also include women, women? and why yeah. can't that also include like young girls yeah. and in LA exactly. playing exactly. this is still the hotbed of yeah. like, soccer in this country it's like mm-hmm. I made my first rumor post uh, earlier this year because it was like, oh, transfer yeah. rumors? What are you doing? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, the transfer window had just opened or something like that. And then I remember I, that. Uh, <laughs> I made a post. Where Alex, Morgan Alex Morgan to LAFC. Yeah. Third DP. Yeah, I remember that. It was very simple. And I even posted, I said, oh, like, let's start some rumors. And then eventually it ended up on like the LAFC side and a bunch of people were commenting. And so obviously it had both sides of it. Like, no, that's dumb. Or yes, that's great. Or like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was great yeah. to kind of see the, 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 the conversation go there into that thing. And so like it touching back mm-hmm. to it that, you know, Los Angeles is a great, it's a, the, well, the entire Southwest is a great um, uh, bedrock of, of soccer, um, you know, growing, growing great soccer players and this kind of stuff. And like, for example, I talked about it in a previous episode where like AYSO um, kind of started in this area. And for example, um, there was a, there's an AYSO team out of South LA um, that won the championship in Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, those kind of things. So the, uh, and this, I, I believe it, um, it, they were the first. 
of the twelve year old bracket, they were the first all all African American women team to ever win the championship. So those kind of stories, and so imagine these these players growing up with the goal of like having professional outlets in their own city, you know, right, rather right, than right. having because for example, I think the closest one is the Thorns out there in, yeah. in Portland, Portland, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So and like on top of that too, going back to like the what we what we think like the supporter culture would look like. I definitely think it would need to grow. Um, I don't think it's going to just automatically be like the North End that we have for LAFC match. I, like, hope it would be. But I, I think that would just take a lot of, you know, but getting that, people in the door. But that's not but, a negative because it would have its own style. It's that, I mean, yeah, exactly. Its yeah. Sure. But um, I think, like, one of the other things that we've, you know, been talking about and we're going to start doing is going to collegiate women's matches going to youth girls matches and you know making scarves like kind of our woman of the match scarves presenting those to the players that gets them invested that gets people who are there to watch paying attention wondering wait what's going on over there then whenever we do get that team we we've already recruited you know people to be supporters if not actual players on the team right yeah and then just gathering the stories yeah because uh, similar to what you guys are doing here gathering the stories of the lafc community and the people that help help make it uh special what and what it is you know to go to some of the colleges some of the the aysos or some of the other stuff that we have planned you know and getting it from these players and not even just the players but some of the coaches some of the families all this kind of stuff and asking them like what would what does uh, the fact of having a professional or team mean, you know, and what would it mean? You know? Right. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. I th- even the North End currently with all our SGs, like there's so much strong female leadership within each SG and, you know, they stand really hard for our, our, our guys and really bring in for 90 plus for our guys. So I think it, it would become them to and uh, as as males here to to really represent ourselves and to to, to love the ladies as much as our our, our, our female leadership loves loves our guys team our men's team so. I, I think if i dissected the north end because um, based off of like followership on like the ig and stuff i were something like 20 uh not 25 but like 30 percent ish of women followers uh, like on ig and that kind of thing but then also in the north end i would say it's somewhere in that area too yeah. like a 30 percent um, women population in the North End, and then these are women that go hard for 90 minutes too. Right. You know, especially and we, uh, we, and we embrace the, the fact right, right. that we have women uh, capos every match, right. uh, all match. Right. You know, um, uh, especially on the on the flanks, um, uh, and then every so often Nelba will get on the on the roll and, yeah. and that kind of stuff, and, and a couple of the Cuervo ladies uh, will get in there too. So um, we have you know strong women ready to lead the charge. Right. Uh, for this this kind of thing, and um, and especially when we had the chance to see the the U.S. women play at the bank, uh, it did have a little bit of a different atmosphere because of the the intimate style of the Bank of California. Because I, I was saying it while we we're at the Rose Bowl that we take for granted that 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 seating uh, arrangement, that 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 incline of the north, yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of because the the sight lines it are great, six feet from the pitch, however yeah. many that you know, like all those little dimensions that first came out when the stadium came out. Yeah, I think. People forget about that until you go to a game in another oh, stadium yeah. and you're like, oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We don't have this, like, we have the best platform for the beautiful game, like, arguably Period. in the country. Right. Mm-hmm. In some places in the world, they don't have, like, the stage that yeah. we have. And if, you, if you're if you a music lover, you know what it's like to see someone at, like, a venue that is just 
next level versus seeing them at an arena or seeing them in these other yeah. these other things. And I think, you know, just just going just going off of like all the people we've had on the podcast, right? And like regardless of like what various people feel about the sport itself, the one thing that that you you touched on about everything that's black and gold, people going to the games, like people just have a really good time when they go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. place to watch a game. Oh yeah. It's convenient. Oh yeah. It's it's hard, and, and I think I I think it's great, and I totally get why like pushing for soccer in LA is the thing rather than necessarily having it have to be FC soccer in LA. But part of me thinks like, why and not? those LFC employees that listen to this podcast, like if you don't act on it, you're an idiot. Like oh, you yeah. guys are you guys are making a huge oh, like no. I, I would say like the one of the biggest mistakes you could make is not getting on this train because oh. when it happens and it will happen, yeah, you want to be. Imagine what that would do for the LAFC. Oh, like, yeah. Why not us? Why yeah, not us? no, right. and, and that's, that's what I've been saying from the beginning. Like, it, it to me, it doesn't make... We have the best facility, yeah. Yeah. everything to represent a, woman, a women's team. It would be a shame if, if Carson... And, and so many people, first. again, like, people who come on this podcast, they talk about, and I've talked to so many people who don't... And there's a reason we don't talk about X's and O's on this podcast is because for a lot of people, LAFC is a lot more than that. And or even like it has such, that's such a small part of it. Yeah. It's the experience of going out, having a good time yeah. with the good people of Los Angeles, people you've met who are your community, who aren't yeah. the people who are horrible at Walmart, like people who are, <laughs> who are great. You know, like you're inside this enormous global city and yet it feels like a small town. Exactly. In a good, in the best way. Yeah. Street um, by street. And, and that would be the same in a women's game as it would in Street by yes. street, block by block, one by one. There's mm-hmm. no gender association with that. Yeah. You know, it's shoulder to shoulder, yeah. encompasses all. You mm-hmm. know, uh, there's another hashtag for like when pride comes around, soccer for all. Like right, that right. kind of thing. You know, like soccer for everything. You know, so yeah. we have the opportunity to, to create that platform here to make it, um, you know, Top tier, second tier, then in women's tier, like all this kind of stuff. It, shoot, maybe even down the line another uh, second division okay. women's team, you know, all that kind of stuff. Keep going, you know, like no. Uh, if you, <laughs> what are all the cliches about reaching for the stars and all that kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah, and yeah. and just following this club from the beginning, people were pushing from behind the scenes early on for all of this to happen. Like this didn't. The organization, thankfully, always listened, mm-hmm. and they always they always heard people out in, in, as they were building this, and I think. The symbiotic relationship between the community and between LAFC for it to continue in the right way, the community has to continue to push. The organization has to continue to listen, mm-hmm. and continually that has to happen for all the those other aspects to, to talk about. Otherwise, this thing that we all love is going to like shrivel up, die, and become some deformed version right. of itself oh, yeah. before you can blink your eye because oh, yeah. it came into existence just as fast. Mm-hmm. But but everybody already has that buy-in. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. example, like talking on, like going back a little bit about thirty-two fifty-two, like we all have that agreement and that, that buy-in and that like idea that like you know that we want to continue to create something and nurture something that's special to Los Angeles. You know whether like the thirty-two fifty-two LAFC, all this kind of stuff. We all have that agreement. We so we push aside some egos, we push aside some smaller squabbles, and we come together. And we that's something that's very unique and something you know that that should be commended and that I hope continues for long long after we're you know, be gone, you know, that kind of, when LAFC has Bank of California Stadium expanded to fit like 60K, who knows yeah. how, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, um, so that everybody has that sense and that community is there to, to keep doing it and to keep growing. And the, the sheer fact that you, you know, all the games have been sold out from, from the jump, 
um, that like some of the tickets go for ridiculous prices, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff. That there's the want for more blacking, or the sheer fact that you can make a pin that looks garbage, but the people still want to buy, <laughs> buy the damn it, thing. Yeah. All that mm-hmm. they want to be there's, a part of it, right? There's still yeah. that love for the the blacking gold. That's you know, as soon as you make a product, you sell it out in no time because. Uh, everybody wants a little more LAFC and what better way to do that than have an LAFC branded women's team you Heck know? yeah mm-hmm. and what and on kind of that like why why not here why not us motif like um, I was able to kind of copy edit a piece from kicks to the pitch and it was with uh, one one of the key members of the Netherlands uh, women's team like um, FO I guess and then Sabrina Coles and she was just saying that uh, I was, the, the interviewer asked was asking her like who are like two of the most important figures in women's football in your life? And then, you know, she she was thinking about like Dutch Dutch um, Dutch players for a second, and then she's like, Alex Morgan currently, and before that, Mia Hamm was so so influential in her life. And yeah. seeing Mia win with such um, bravado in '99 was yeah. incredible for someone in in Netherlands who as you guys have talked about in, in Paris and in France, just how incredible the support is. But, like, for someone who's in the, on the inside, inside, like, worked for, like, Nike Amsterdam and all that, like, she was like, me and him is my hero. Yeah. And so on that Why Not Us note, like, we have all the, I mean, from the, from the top down, I really believe that we do have all the ingredients there to, to make something happen here, um, happen in the right way, in, in a way that it feels like there is a, there's a rightful legacy that we should, we should own on that. You know, and I think the U.S. League in general needs to, it needs to step up now because the European leagues are going to eclipse it soon, yeah. and, this, and the same thing is going to happen. All these, all the European coaches that can't get jobs in the men, the main men's teams now, they're just shifting them over to the women's teams, and those yeah. teams are like yeah. the high quality talent. They're using the same facilities. The Arsenal women's team, you know, yeah. the, they get as much attention on. Like I'm an Arsenal member, I get all these like, yeah, yeah. you know, the email. They, they they really shine the spotlight on that team, and they're using all those facilities. They're doing they're doing plenty of the things correctly, and so if the, the league itself doesn't act soon. I feel like even they're going to be missing the boat a little bit on yeah. keeping the best players in the world and here, and it'll become like the second-tier mm-hmm. league the way the MLS is, yep. when in the first place it could have been the best the league in the world. Yeah. And it could have exactly. been like the best players in the world could have always came here. Yep. Just this week they announced that all the women's matches in the, in the English league will be streamed online for free. So mm-hmm. there's even more access there, like that. Like whereas right now you have to have ESPN. some ESPN or whatever that kind of stuff to That's watch the women's games, that kind of thing. Um, you know, so just that immediate access of just you just need an internet connection to watch these games, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, before I flip over a table and we start like taking the drums to the streets and running around Expo Park talking about the women's game because I'm too <laughs> gassed up about it now. <laughs> yes. Let's take a break and have a little bit of tea here in a second and uh, think 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 some more of this through. Back to the FCFC pod. Tea with Dweez, you know what it is. I really enjoyed this last week, and so I wanted to do it again. The Ali Shan, my new Taiwanese slightly oxidized oolong. Guys, I've given you these little tasting cups. What you're going to do is grab the top, Uh flip her over. Okay. It's not all just going to splash. It's going to seem like it's going to, but it's not going to. And then you slowly take it off of the wider cup. Okay. And this top skinnier cup is like your smell cup. Okay. Kind of get a load of the... Little flavors we got going oh, on that today. Is fun. And lightly roast, Ooh. lightly oxidized. Just a little light conversation in the backyard over some oolong, guys. That's all. That's all we got here. 
if you guys want more, just put out your little cup and I'll keep steeping and filling it up because we're using the Gaiwan style brewing where you pop in some, some more leaves than usual and then just keep re-steeping. No better place I'd rather be than to sipping tea with Dweezy. Ah, oh, man. I'm so, so excited to have you guys. Put that like, on a shirt. Ooh. Tea with, tea with Dweez. Tea with Dweez. Tea with Dweez the shirt coming out, coming to a store near you. Hey. Coming to a Dweezy. backyard near you. <laughs> um, so, like, one thing that was really cool about today was uh, I was in the backyard tweaking with with our new audio setup here and Mark and Lindsay show up with like this huge box and I'm like what do these guys got in the box and they pull out like all these mailing envelopes with the scarves with the pins with 3252 memberships like can you guys just like break down for people like how all the stuff works behind the scenes and like where where this is what happens when someone goes to the internet signs up online and like so it ain't pretty a brief interlude into it uh because earlier i mentioned that you know we we started out with the 3252 kind of picking up where nothing was either it's where there was slack or where there was opportunity Mm -hmm. and so for example the very first time we ever got involved uh with 3252 was at the um jersey launch at the, that was at in downtown. Remember, with the first the, the row, yeah, yeah, and um, it was up at the very top of the the parking structure and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you know, Rich is always thinking visually or whoever <laughs> knows it, right? And they wanted that big background shot and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, we had scarves that we need that needed selling, and everybody asked around the thirty two fifty two who wants to sell scarves, and nobody <laughs> nobody was picking up the their hands or so, raising anything. So Mark so, and I jumped in. So Lindsay and I <laughs> took the bullet and we volunteered to 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 uh, to sell scarves. So that's partially why like. If you look at that, we were there, and they took a big group shot, but we were, were not in, in the it shop because we were, we're selling. You're like busy scarves. on the side, like singing, yeah, yeah. slanging, mu- slanging scarves, trying to mm-hmm. trying to get the club some early early funds. Marcus, please Photoshop them in. in <laughs> please. <laughs> and then we photoshopped that one guy that was wearing like a weird, absurd color. That he took weird. him out. Yeah. He was like standing right in the middle. Well, no, they, they just changed the the color of his shirt. <laughs> oh, I thought that there was also one where he was completely gone. I don't know. It and was club legend. Yeah, right. Yeah, because he stood proud like yeah. nobody knows yeah. who he is. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, so that's how we initially got involved, and then um, eventually it, it came down to where you know if we we're going to actually have memberships and this kind of stuff, we needed somebody to be able to take it uh, take into account all the data appropriately and keep it keep it in line and all this kind of stuff. And Lindsay was uh, Lindsay's. Uh, very well versed and, and and very meticulous at keeping lots of good data and all this mm. kind of stuff and stepped up to to be uh, to to set be membership director. What's that like? Tell us about members. Oh, Tell us gosh. about the growth of this thing. Like oh yeah, well so last season, season one, you know it was rough because I I also came into it after um, the council had come up with like a initial membership plan of you know the t-shirt and the pin um, and that was in the price that was basically all that they came up with yeah and then we sold like we started registering in like December before the season started it and then the, it was during the MLS Cup final yeah uh, because it was like our inaugural thing that we all got together at yeah a, mm-hmm. it was like some bar down in um, Long Beach yep. yeah and I remember then, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then it kind of just kind of sat for a few months and then you know we went to Seattle for our very first game and that was when I was like like we need to we need to be better about making sure these people feel like this invested right. like throughout the duration and the existence of LAFC 
And so that's when, you know, because I, I, you know, part of my background is in PR. So, you know, managing email lists, coming up with e-blasts, um, you know, curating databases. Those are, you know, just some of the things I have experience in. And so I just kind of on my own was like, well, I mean, we could do this. We could have a database this way. We could have an electronic sign-in, a, like, registration sheet instead of signing it on paper. Like, I was like, this would just make it so much easier. And then it just got to the point where I was like, well, why don't I just see if I just, you know, run for the damn position? <laughs> so so, so I, I, you know, let everybody know I was interested and everybody was, you know, really excited to have me on board. And so that's when I developed like an actual database and and yeah the the actual very first thing that I was tasked with was actually trying to find all of the original pieces of paper that people had registered their names (laughs) on oh man because that's how low tech it was yeah pen and paper registration yeah Mm. pen and paper and also for some reason we had like different people handling different things because there wasn't an actual membership director it was just like oh who's going to be at this drum chant session who's going to be at this bar for this like Mm -hmm. watch party things like that and so i had to like try and track all of those down and then try and read the handwriting and the emails and type them into the database so that was like my first like month was just just this is we're talking excel sheets guys we're talking this is some serious admin right now right this is just admin this is things that people (laughs) do for like jobs that they're not fond of yeah Yeah, i cannot imagine this because i even (laughs) when we did a a charity raffle and trying to read out people's <laughs> Instagram handles. It was it was a pain. Yeah. And so I can't imagine when you're like looking at vital uh, information, yeah. like emails and phone numbers. Well, and and some of them I literally just couldn't read. So it wasn't like I could email them and ask them how do you spell your last name. Sure. It was just like, if they don't get something from me, I'm gonna hope that they'll email me and then I can right. fix it. Yeah, like yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that that's basically how that worked. And, but yeah. then. To the best of our abilities, that it was only something like 150 on that that first list of uh, yeah yeah it was about 150 people were originally on that those first written lists. But then that was when you know I developed just like an actual online Google form right, right. that we had all of our members just register through, and that oh my god that saved so much time from then on. And, uh, we initiated a uh, membership tour that included oh, yeah, uh, yeah. party subs. And, yeah, because, I mean, obviously they were still finishing the stadium, so we didn't have a home match for a hot minute. And so that was just like, I was like, okay, well, people aren't going to come to us. And, you know, I was already starting to get, like, the emails and the messages of, like, oh, well, how am I going to get this? How am I going to register? And so I was like, well, why don't we just do, like, a membership tour? And so that's when we, Mark and I, started filling up the car with all these different t-shirts and all these different pins and all the gear, the computers, making sure everything was charged and (laughs) ready to go. Make sure we had the PayPal reader so people could pay with cards instead of cash. Making sure we had a cash box. So that was Uh, a task. uh, uh, To take a step back real quick, the the primary, uh, the membership the purpose of a membership uh, and what all the, the, the yeah like let's let's break down like just that into, for super basics because yeah. we got you know different levels of listeners some people who this is they know this stuff like the back of their hand other people who probably have no idea you 
income then? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> our primary source of income for the 3252 is based off of the, the memberships. Um, because we're, uh, we're a nonprofit organization that, that works in tandem with 3252. First of all, we're not owned by LAFC. Um, that's one misconception uh, some people may have to this day. But we're independent. Oh, yes. And, um, please, listeners, please just remember 3252 is not owned or operated by LAFC. And we are all volunteers and yeah, nobody yeah. gets paid. I get emails on the daily from people complaining about... X, Y, or Z. <laughs> Let's clear up any discrepancy right here. It's not that drastic of an inbox uh, fill, but there are every so often one or two that yes do complain. But uh, the idea that uh, we're all we're all in this for like I was telling Josh earlier, we're all in here sharing our talents um, for the for the the LAFC and for to, to grow the game Definitely. and that kind of thing. Um, and so, uh, primary function of the the membership income goes to making the game day operations happen, uh, like uh, paying for uh, TIFO, which is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, drum repair. Uh, drum repair, uh, flag banners, and then any other sort of things that we need to lump money in advance. So, for example, like um, merchandise. Merchandise payments, or the, or those kind of things for other plants, or like uh, when we used to do uh, big group bus bus tours and or. Like the San Jose trip, you know, we were able to put down payments on on buses and that kind of thing because those are our big expenses and that, yeah. um, that kind of thing. Well, and also a lot of a lot of the funds also go toward the creation of next season's membership perks. Yeah. So it's you know it's the memberships sold this season are actually going to help us make you know better things for next season. You know, bigger, better things. Whether it's a scarf, whether it's another shirt. Right, right. Um, we try to you know send surveys out to our current members at the end of each season asking them like what what would you want next next season for your membership would you want a scarf a shirt other and then fill out yeah. what what your other would be so those are you know just some of the some of the things that the, the funds go to that's awesome man. Uh, season ticket holder does not also equal uh, oh yeah 3252 member yeah, right. and, a, and a North End ticket doesn't automatically mean a 3250 member, no. and a membership of a supporter group doesn't automatically exactly. equal a 3250 member. Exactly. So, and you don't so, have to be a member of a of a of a group to join the 3252, yes, and you don't and have to have a seat in the North End. It yeah. works both ways, right? Oh yeah. 3252, it's separate. You don't even yes. need to. You could you could be an international. We do. We, we yeah. have we have a few international members. Uh, we actually shipped a membership packet out to uh, somebody who lives in Australia. Shout out Australia! Uh, like <laughs> no, but seriously, that guy is the ultimate LAFC fan because yeah, yeah. he paid more than the membership cost just for us to ship it to Australia. Yeah, that's awesome. It was. I was like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah, I need it. I need it." And I'm like. All right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Here yeah. you go. So if that if that that doesn't indicate to you like where you need to be, wh- whoever you are listening to this, you don't even have to have ever been to an LAFC game in your life. Yeah. You could just be a fan from a distance and want to want to continue to watch it grow, continue to see amazing Tifo, continue to watch this beast become whatever it's gonna its next edition is gonna be. Oh yeah. And the best way to do that is joining the thirty two fifty two. Oh but yeah. If, if you don't have an SU, come talk to me. And <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'll be good. Okay, yeah. and just to talk about how granular these guys can get, is um, talking about even this, the the scarf and pin that you get with the membership of this year. Mark was the one who designed the scarf. You know, Mark was the one who brought in the, the design to the council and the beautiful keepsake you guys have as uh, 
as quality members of the 3252 are is, is, is from this man's brain so I mean it, it really goes above and beyond anything I think that that Johnny on the spot mentality of like where, wherever there's a gap um, Lindsay and Mark have done a great job to, to really uh, make sure that, that that's that's taken care of so I'll fill you in on some little design details because I'm, I'm a designer uh, I, at least I play one on TV the, uh, so the scarf this year's scarf, there's a couple of hidden things that are in there because uh, for on the back, um, I learned a lot of lessons for when I designed the uh, the Welcome to Los Angeles scarf. Uh-huh. Um, one in particular is that try to make a design where if you just hold it straight up, you know, you could actually read the thing rather than <laughs> having to yeah, have hold it all the way yeah, like that yeah. kind of thing. So shoulder to shoulder and 3252 are in a perfect position where if you just put your arms directly ahead of you, you could read it both um, front and back. And then, uh, so the shoulder-to-shoulder side, there's, uh, on, on this, uh, either end, there's two rows of lines. Initially, it was supposed to be one side had 32, another side had 52, but the printer or the, whatever, the knit quality of this thing didn't allow for that. So currently, there are 23 lines in them, and 23 is significant because uh, at the time of its inception, the LAFC is the 23rd team in the league. And there it then, is. And then also there was a couple other just little fun 23, well not fun in one case, but uh, like Simon scored the first goal, he was one number 23. Uh-huh. Uh, and then also um, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. So there's a little legend there. And then um, on the other side of the scarf, the 3252 side, it's supposed to be a visual representation of a drum beat like just ripples mm-hmm. that kind of thing so that's where it was going for that and then there's six um we continue the crest has the uh, the six stripes on the bottom and so on this on the on the other side there's six stripes to represent the six founding uh, sgs of the 3252 uh, who are the six founding sgs of 3252 uh, for those who don't know sure um it goes uh in no particular order because i'm rifling on the top of my head it was a uh, black army d9 uh Cuervos, okay, now I'm doing it alphabetically. Cuervos, uh, Expos, and Lucky Boys, and uh, Relentless, oh, but uh, Relentless uh, um, removed themselves after, uh, through, because this was after, mm-hmm. in the inception and that kind of stuff. But now it's currently up to nine official nine SGs officials, yeah. with, uh, with Josh's and the TSG and um, Armada and Empire Crew Boys. And Empire Boys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, there's, and there might be more? There's a few that are on a probationary period, and then there's uh, there's sometimes others popping up out of nowhere, um, and well, uh, not out of nowhere, but then also like D9 has a couple just in different cities and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Different yeah. chapters, chapters of the different same. Chapters, mm-hmm. there you go, that kind of thing. So uh, the the love for LAFC is growing everywhere, um, and it, it'll be up to us to decide some sort of pr- way to um, nurture the growth of not only the current slate of SGs, but also the, the, the SGs that will pop up in, you know, Alabama or, yeah. or, or, or Alaska, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Cause well, that was, that was kind of one of the other motivations, too, because, like, you know, our, our website is, you know, still a little clunky and it needs some work. I, I've, you know, built a few websites, um, not anything super spectacular, but I was able to at least kind of build out the membership site for this season. Yeah. To actually host online sales, uh, which a lot of people were, you know, rightfully concerned because it's it's a really big task to yeah, sell yeah. this online and you know at the capacity that we were looking at. But I mean, it's it's been a, a really big success, and 
you know, one of the things I've been saying from the beginning is, you know, if we do, because I've been, people from Tucson have been reaching out to me. They're starting SGs over there, starting SGs all around the U.S. And so if we had a way to make our membership attainable for everybody, they would feel even more invested and follow along and... And I think that's what we, the biggest thing we were able to accomplish this season was bringing, bringing memberships online. And so everybody could, could participate. Yeah. And it's not necessarily just starting SGs over there, but getting the idea getting the culture, getting the way that the, the 3252 wants to create and, and shape the, the, the supporter language and the supporter style um, that we have going. And then, oh yeah, she, she briefly mentioned, but Lindsay created this amazing infrastructure on, online. Our, our website is is um, went from you know having one listed event on there. We still have an events tab on there because mm-hmm. I haven't taken it down. But uh, you know, to now it's this robust thing where it facilitated uh, online membership payments. Whereas we weren't able to do something like that for the previous year, and that just made our ability to grow the membership base uh, exponential. Um, we, I think we tripled the we, amount of yeah, registrations just based off of that alone. Yeah, we more than tripled this year the amount that we registered last year. That's incredible. Yeah. And from that from that very first time where you guys inherited this like stack of papers of like 100 some, some odd <laughs> memberships, now we are getting close to actually like 3,252 oh, yeah. members, or like oh, yeah. the actual number, like, yeah. which, is, which is pretty remarkable this quickly uh, for paid yeah. members. I yeah. never, I never imagined it would like grow that quickly. I mean, <laughs> we weren't really expecting the amount of people to like register online as they did. So when we opened it in March, we sold out online in like I think eight hours or something like wow. that. It was like we were standing at the first membership booth on Christmas Tree Lane, and I just kept refreshing because. I have different pages set up on the website so that when we sell out, I can disable that page and enable a new page that says we're restocking. <laughs> Just so that people don't freak out and yeah, like wonder yeah. why is this not working yeah, and then all the emails come in. But it was like, okay, so like I was watching it and I was watching it and I was like, oh shit, we're done. It's at zero right now. It's at zero. And, and it's great. Shout, shout out to the membership team that helped us out with oh, uh, having yes. boots, um, you know, uh, Countless Jaime, people like, Kate, uh, Sue Jin is great. Johnny, oh Sue, um, Joyce. We have uh, seriously. We also had um, packing parties for because, uh, like, like you mentioned earlier, Dweezy, that we brought a few of the the final packets. Yeah. But uh, this was this was basically like a miniature version of what we would do in our 750 square foot apartment. Like, I, you can ask like Jimmy and Cassie and and. They all came over for some of them. Yeah. But literally, we'd have thousands and thousands of scarves just sitting in our living room. We couldn't actually, like, walk around the living room. There was so many boxes of <laughs> envelopes, so many scarves. The pins were everywhere. We had people pinning the pins to the postcards and then other people actually stuffing them into the envelopes. And, and then we were over here printing the labels off of, like, the website. And it was, like, a whole... Like, yeah, we've had to do that a few times just because the demand was so high. But now we're, like, kind of in that, well, now memberships is closed. So these ones that we just packed over here are the last 38 hey. memberships. So so anybody who's listening to this who hasn't received their stuff, you will receive it by the time this this episode comes out. I Hell promise yeah. you. <laughs> so when you see Mark and Lindsay on Christmas Tree Lane, please give them a hug. They've been through a lot. <laughs> 
on behalf of you guys, on behalf of giving someone, uh, the 3052 members, something really awesome to hold. And uh, to, and move, to, to move just from uh, just the completely physical space of you guys mailing it out to the more digital one we were just talking about. Um, as sure as the sun will rise in the morning, Mark from the 3052 account will, uh, will, will hashtag shoulder to shoulder on the bottom <laughs> of your Instagram post. Um, if you post anything LAFC related, so um, oh no, uh, caveat. That's uh, it's currently just the all the SG stuff uh, because the primary goal of the thirty two fifty two accounts is to continue to nurture and foster the growth of the uh, the SGs that are officially recognized by the thirty two fifty two because you guys when. Uh, uh, you know what's the the saying where we you know we're all sure separated geographically or whatever it is, but then when we all come together at our home, you know we're all one, that kind of thing. And so um, sharing all the stuff that you guys make because everybody, my ears, everybody, so. um, <laughs> all the SGs have a pretty good eye of uh, of aesthetics or, or even fun stuff. Like I know the Cuervos are always posting like some weird memes and stuff like that. <laughs> Shout out Cuervos weird memes. You guys, uh, TSG today just posted one great one of uh, some guys out there with their bellies sticking out. Yeah, like, bellies. I think D9 might have started the whole shoes off for Vela thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, there's, lo- there's lots of great um, oh, content okay. that all the SGs are creating. And so what better way to showcase that than the, the, the current platform on 3252. And so you'll uh, nowadays you'll rarely see a, a primary tweet or post from 3252 because it's mostly just sharing all the content of our SGs. Um, and then also just highlighting the talent of, of our members because we do have uh, a pretty good solid um, group of people make, either taking photos, making videos, um, and uh, creating content uh, in other ways for your groups and right. also for the 3252. Like shout out Edgar and um, Kelvin, uh, a few other guys. Always, always. Um, uh, that uh, help me because my job is easy because everybody else has, is so, so talented. You know, um, you're our fearless leader, Mark. Right? Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> no, and I, and I also think it's like it's important, and one of the reasons we were excited to have you guys on is just because, like, regardless of all these content things, and you're talking about like the creativity side and the expression side, like without like some sort of like logistical hub or like the 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 mechanism, like mm-hmm. it working, it being like lubricated in the right way, like the switch is being worked, like however whatever metaphor you want to use. Like, it's really hard for this stuff to work cohesively. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, it's been cool for me to, like, see you guys work from a distance than, like, to have you here and, and sort of, like, talk to you a little bit more in depth. But, like, one thing that I thought was really cool, like, during the All-Star game or something, I forget where I heard it, but, like, I remember Tony Miola, like, of all people, like, I remember as a kid, like, watching Tony Miola play, like, saying 3252 by name. Mm-hmm. Like, in, with, in some interview, he, he was saying, like, Oh yeah, which you know, they talk, I think it was Max. Max might have been talking to you know several several key figures at the All Star game, and one of them was was Tony Mueller, and he's like, yeah, LAFC's like you know they're a great team and everything, and, they, and they, what what they got there like that's that thirty two fifty two like that's like a great thing, and I, yeah. and I think that like if we're gonna flip like a common thing that Tom Penn says is like the World City for the World's game, it's also like the way that the World City goes and informs the World's game, it yeah. goes the other direction too, yeah. right? And whether that's like through the women's thing we were talking about earlier through like young players coming up here and going there as well as like supporter culture and the way that like it can su- it can inspire branches in the midwest like branches in bakersfield and like i mean i'll always be astonished when i like look at like the weird like lafc uruguay account mm-hmm. like on twitter or like the one that, that i think there was one in ireland like the lafc patties and like there was like this one in um the 
the Netherlands. Like yeah. the, there's like the, and th- those accounts like as much as it might be one or two people like just doing it from afar, like whatever is happening here, in addition to the team being exciting, like it, I do think it's another side of it. Um, and like getting being a member of the 3252, I think is like one of the coolest things. It doesn't surprise me at all that like someone in Australia wanted their physical scarf to be there, right? And those like yeah. four numbers now mean something yeah. beyond and different from LAFC in some ways. Yeah. And I think it's like really cool, like just to know and to to let the people know, the people who listen to this podcast, that like there are people behind the scenes whose apartments are covered in scarves. <laughs> there are people who've like had to do like scrappy, super journalist. Like, like those type of like resourceful like, you know, skills like to 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 make this happen logistically and so, I don't know. I just think it's 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 great. And as someone who covers like all sides of the club, it would be so much less interesting for me if it if it weren't for like key key people that made that be. So, thank you guys. Cheers to you guys always. Thank you for having us. Yeah. The uh, yeah the. Uh, the big thing that I want to start showcasing on the the accounts is is our members, like because that's the primary that's a primary thing that I initially focused on was you know because LAFC has their their media they have their you know they'll you know pump out pictures of Carlos they'll pump out pictures of everybody else and all that kind of stuff but it's like uh, only ever so often do the supporters get some sort of whatever and it's not just directly highlighting one in particular but just the, the I love showing the massive crowd shots of what we got going on yeah. the party in the north end and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and especially with um using the a couple of the rally cries from like bob um, bob bradley last season like the um, to, together we are strong and those mm-hmm. kind of things and embracing that shoulder to shoulder and visual representation football with ideas that, means nothing yeah that one's awesome. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best yeah, one that's, man that's yeah. that's the best i yeah. love that what, what is um supporter culture with ideas has nothing yeah, yeah. true or false. there you go what mark for someone who um Hashtag shoulder to shoulder thousands of times in your over the past year and a half. What does that What does uh, that mean to you? Still, don't give me too much credit because my my phone is smart enough to know that uh, <laughs> that I put that in. So now it's just, just I, as soon as I start, yeah, as soon no, as I no. start the S H. When Apple like, starts oh. sponsoring the product, we'll give them credit for that. Oh no, it's a, <laughs> when Android starts sponsoring the product, Shout out. Well, what does shoulder to shoulder mean, man? You use it so often, and you and and as the director of communications marketing, like you're using it often as this rallying. Cry, but what does that what does that mean to, to both of you? Like, what does shoulder to shoulder a year and a season and a half in mean to mean to both of you? Has it changed over time, <laughs> and in what ways? Well, I think for like for me, I mean, it, it goes back to like what I was talking about when I first moved here. I didn't didn't feel that like connection too much until I started meeting up with the people that you know are now my brothers and sisters in the North End. Yes. And I, you know, when we started throwing around shoulder to shoulder and that being a part of our kit and that being part of our legacy, I mean, it just, I don't know if there's a phrase that really embodies like what, what we do in the North End more than that. Um, and also just the way that, you know, I personally have been embraced by, you know, fellow fans, even though I'm, you know, still fairly new to the supporter culture nobody treats me that way and it it you know that that's kind of what shoulder shoulder feels like to me it's just you know acceptance and and you know love and being part of that family atmosphere and that's that's Mm. kind of what i felt from you know day one even before lafc first kicked a ball or even had a team 
and uh, the key a key component there of uh, the statement of family is 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 so much there because it's not easy shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. No. You know, you see it, Josh. Well, yeah. Uh, I see it, and uh, a lot of times it isn't easy. Family families are never too easy, but um, when we all come together and we all realize what we're doing and what the primary mission, the, the mission statement of the thirty two fifty two to uh, create a uh, a diverse and uh, exciting and unique um, atmosphere of support f- uh, for LAFC here, yeah. there, and everywhere. Um, in this shoulder-to-shoulder spirit, um, you know, everybody, you know, you put aside little squabbles, you put aside little egos, and all this kind of stuff, and then you you, you realize that when you're together, every you know, it it takes it to the, all the next levels, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's a really good point because it's like you know. No matter what we talk about in council meetings or, you know, on Christmas tree lane, whenever we get into the north end, it's like nothing else happened. Mm. And it's just we we all just come together and just like it's fresh. It's so, like it's like a fresh start every single time we go into the north end. And every single time we go into the north end, it's like, you know, our home opener every single time. The first time LAFC yeah. ever kicked off. It's that that feeling of like Holy shit! We're all here together. This is this is just it. It's it's actually it's really hard to describe, and, really. <laughs> and then I also like to think of it in terms of so it's not just in the physical space of shoulder to shoulder, like we legit get shoulder to shoulder for jump for LA football club, but then also in in a in a spiritual and in a, in a temporal way too. Because yeah. for example, somebody um, through the grapevine, I heard a profound thing from somebody else where it was like every LAFC match is somebody's first LAFC match and somebody's last LAFC match. Mm. And so just that idea of like, you know, like here we are, we're all sharing together this 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 it's wonderful thing uh, of LAFC, you know, and, and just that I have this one moment with you, um, seeing that with our own eyes or watching it or that kind of stuff, it's like it, it has an extra level of impact and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'll, I'll never forget those things and that's what helps me get up day to day to deal with walking around these boxes or, or dealing with all right what what kind of stuff are we getting in on on reddit yeah, or Twitter yeah, yeah. Or all this kind of stuff and see uh you know uh, that kind of thing uh that's part of it all the community uh that's a, one of our next banners is uh at least one that i'm working on is going to be like a community banner um 3252 shoulder shoulder josh what does it mean um, to you yeah oh, man it's uh, ha, gotcha oh, it's man. a loaded question it is I mean, you, you just, I think Mark, you just touched on um, it, you know, not being just the, the Jump Rally Football Club, the physical part of it, but at the same time, like, it's beautiful that it works so many, in so many different ways, right? And that even in the physical parts of it where, especially in LA, like, you never get that close to one another, but mm-hmm. there's something about this club that, that brings you close together. And um, I always tell people this, but we get to know our neighbors, you know, and that's, I think that's really a beautiful part of it. We're in the North and we get to know all the neighbors that we never said hello to before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, love it, man, love it. I, it, it just, it, to me, it's just people who constantly tell me whenever I see them in the North End, like, hey man, when are we getting the tea in the North End? Always bring the tea in, baby. I see you. And with that, that's been another episode of the FCFC pod. We love you, family. Um, shout out to Slim, man. Yeah, shout I don't out think to Slim. we didn't mess him, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about him enough in this pod. I think there was just if you hear those those gaps somewhere where you could have like normally heard some some snide comments. I think we all I know we all could have imagined it. Maybe maybe you could sort of 
just imagine yourself what Slim might have said at various moments of this podcast. Probably some variation of fuck. Yeah, there? fuck you, too, a I think, times. Uh, I think there was a few times when you were talking about the, when you were going on, about, waxing poetically about your tea, that he would have chimed yeah. in a few times. He'd be like, Tweez, you're such a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Tweez, you're a fucking weirdo. This guy's a freak, man. Yeah, Somebody come over here tea. and save me. <laughs> And then he would have thrown Slim. in his uh, Henny, Henny uh, sponsor the pod. Yeah, yeah sponsor like, yeah. the pod. <laughs> Always. We'll get those shots in here at the end for you, Slim. Hey, we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you on the next one. And for everyone else, we'll see you on the next one. That's Peace. the tea. FCFC. FSA, FSA, FCFC, FSA, 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 FSA